Hello, everyone. Welcome in to yet another debate night, 25th show, apparently. Uh, next week will be half a year of shows, even though we missed a week. Technically, so this, this is, is our half, our six month, six months of running the show. Did you, could you believe it? No, it feels like, it feels like maybe a month, two months. Well, I was, I was going back and thinking about it. I was like, there's no way, because me and Silas were talking about like what number this was. I was like, there's no way this is 25. Yeah. And then I was like, no, we started the show when we I was started still in the middle of the Texas. season. Yeah. And I was, oh yeah. Cause we started it. I was still in Texas and we were doing like the zoom yeah. or whatever in. Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is about to be six months. Well, Six months starting today, and then our 26th show will be half will a be year of shows. Half year shows next we're, week. We're creeping up on 100 on Blocked after we restarted the numbering system. Oh, we're yeah. over 100 real, ep- like total true episodes. But like, but we started on the, the numbering new... system when Trevor became the co host, and we're at 87, I think. Dang. I think this week's 88. That's nuts. And what the banter is only at like I don't even know if I count the banter. Yeah. You don't even count it? I, I, well, I mean, I don't have the numbers for it. Bless you. Bless you. You only get oh, two. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. Um, correction from last, last uh, podcast, high school football. I want to apologize to all those coaches out there that hit me up in the DMs. There was a lot of local players that were commenting. <sighs> I got a lot of coaches, too, coming after me, too. Um, yes, apologies. Was that At, on this show? I think so. Was it? No, it was definitely on the banter. Was it on the banter? It was definitely on the banter. Well, if you haven't it watched... It wasn't on the show. Okay, well, if you haven't watched... I don't know what you're talking about. If you yeah. haven't watched... <laughs> it was okay. on the banter. Well, I just felt like Silas, I needed... Silas, you don't listen to the banter? What? You don't listen to the banter? No, I listen to the banter. What are you talking about? He's not to it when he's not on it. He doesn't have time. I listen to the banter, man. What are you talking about? He doesn't have time for the banter when he's not on it. But, okay, if you haven't listened to the banter, go listen to last week's episode. I wrong wrongfully said that high school players don't play on both sides of the ball and that only happens at small schools. Apologies. That happens at big schools as well, good teams as well. Basically, if you're a stud athlete in high school, you're going to be probably playing on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it just makes sense. I just, I guess in my head, you know, going to high school with Tebow, Tebow was the quarterback and he didn't, I mean, he would probably be an absolutely beast linebacker in high school. I don't know why it's he didn't play. Different. I don't know maybe why he didn't. It's do slightly it because... different if you have a like highly recruited quarterback because like you don't want to risk injury. But yeah, but don't somewhat you, different. But don't you think if you're like a if you're if you're good enough to play wide receiver and corner, that's a different thing on a you're good playing, team. You're playing a similar. This doesn't matter for the show. You're playing a similar position there, similar movements and stuff. Okay, quarterback, oh. you're protected throwing. You're gonna get hit here and there versus linebacker. You're, you're you're trying to hit someone every play. Gotcha. Okay. Well, not even on the right show. I don't I don't know if we have any other corrections from last podcast. Silas, do you have anything for us? Were we wrong on anything? Nah, I, I, I think you're week. good. I we think you're good since last week. Last week we we're good. Okay, sweet. Well, let's just jump straight into it. Um, the the big story of the the week was the situation with uh, Hunter's tweet regarding Katrina Allen blocking him. Um, I just want to throw it out there real quick. The fact that some people don't see the the humor in it, I don't know. I mean, I, I do find it very humorous. I think at the end of the day that the tweet was meant to be a funny thing of look. I, it was a funny thing. Yeah, like, It's still my background picture on Twitter because it's funny. Yeah, I feel like... If you don't find it funny, I'm sorry. But, I mean, that's funny. I feel like you see this happen all the time in uh, just the real world. Like, if a celebrity blocks you, 
you're going to tweet about it. It's going to happen. And I guess maybe right now we're not viewing some of the professionals in disc golf as celebrities. Maybe that's why you don't think you should tweet. It's not tweet worthy. But like, I mean, if you're just tweeting about uh, Jack Nicholas, no, wait, what's the actor's name? Nicholson? Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson. If you're just, I don't even know if he's on Twitter, but let's just say you're tweeting about Jack Nicholson and you say something like, Jack Nicholson was terrible in this movie. He ruined it for me. And then all of a sudden you find out that he blocks you. You're not going to tell anyone about no, that? of course you are. So I think you're in the right as being someone in the disc golf media, the realm space, uh, if a pro blocks you and you don't have any clue why. And we found out why, right? We've talked, we talked to Austin. It's not that big of a story at the end of the day. It was all over the internet. I think Ricky actually, like, it was one of those situations where you have, like, a little forest fire going. Or you have, like, a little fire. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, we should probably put that out. And then, like, Ricky just came with a gallon of gasoline and just chucked it on the fire. I wasn't putting the fire out. You weren't putting the fire out. You I were didn't letting respond it, to anything. No, you were letting it. You were just watching it. You basically... You basically you were that, Let me just explain you were that, No, you were that meme. You were a bystander. No, he was that gif with the guy walking up to like the soccer game, and you just unfolded your chair like he does. Yeah, you know and I was just and sitting you, there. And then you just sat down, and you just like, were watching. Well, there's some things that I like realized, like, oh, shoot, people are taking me the wrong way. This was like, I, I just didn't understand what was even going on. And so I was just like, I was watching people it just go huge, back and forth. It Regardless, got huge, though. Regardless, basically huge. what happened is we were at dinner, and I was trying to find Katrina Allen's Instagram why, I don't remember what it was, but I was on my Instagram and I searched Katrina Allen. Mm-hmm. Nothing came up. So then I was like, did she delete her Instagram? So then I asked Bernie. He's like, no, it's right here. I was like, oh, well, her username's not Katrina Allen. What's her username? So he read me her username, Katrina, and then her PDG number. So I typed that in and I was like, no user comes up. I was like, did she blocked me on Instagram. On Instagram, you can't tell if you're blocked or not. No, she just won't You'd appear. have to sign into another account to yeah. see if you Which can, I could have yeah. just signed into the foundation account. But mm-hmm. then I was like, I was like, that's weird. I was like, let me see if she's blocked on Twitter. And Bernie's like, oh, she doesn't even use Twitter. And then I searched. I was like, she blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> that's what and I so knew. Then, that's what I knew something this was This is when real. I started really laughing because I'm like, I said something that got under her skin so much that where whatever platform I said it on, she not only searched me on Instagram and blocked my personal account where I literally just post my wife, dogs, and occasionally a video of me throwing discs. Like I, my opinion never makes it to my personal Instagram because I don't really post on my personal Instagram. So she went out of her way to block that. And then she went, because Austin even confirmed she doesn't even have Twitter on her phone. So she went onto her desktop, signed into Twitter on her well, desktop. Well, no, she, I think she probably she did blo- have Twitter on her phone. I, that, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing she did have Twitter at the Regardless, time. Regardless, it's a lot of effort delete. to block me on both. So I'm I sitting there. It. I love it both sides. I'm, I'm dying laughing because I'm like, what the heck did I do to make the, a two-time and current world champion block me? Yeah. So I tweeted it because I found it funny. And I made my bio Blocked by 50% of 2021 world champions. The bio was hilarious. That was also the, funny. The bio was very funny. I have since changed it because uh, there was a lot of confusion. And I was, I mean, my bio is always satirical. So I made it kind of lightly poking fun, saying like, hey, guys, obviously this is my personal account. And I mm-hmm. tweet about stuff that I find funny. Yeah. So I made my bio. I think it says I tweet about Duke, disc golf, and things I find funny. So that way when people go to it, they're like, oh, he must find this funny. Mm. Even if I don't, he must. Mm. Yeah, I don't think your sense of humor hits every single time with some people. But again, that's comedy. Some yeah. people find stuff funny. At the end of the day, it's a non-story. Austin and Katrina honestly could care less. Uh, basically, I was blocked for like a whole year before I noticed. Yeah, basically, you just had. I think it was over the fact of you saying that um, Paige deserved Player of the Year last year versus Katrina, 
uh, not last year. This was this was 2020 season, I believe. Not yeah, the 2021 yeah. season. Yeah, it happened a year ago. Yeah, when they awarded it. So um, and that's fine. That's what it was all over. And at the end of the day, if that's how you want to run your social media, no, if, I respect that. Yeah, if you want to run your social media, where I mean, obviously now she's not on Twitter, but if you want to run your social media of where it's like, hey, I don't want to see because even if you don't follow you, right? Yeah, someone might retweet it. Or, it might show up. So yeah, I respect that. Yeah. I respect it. You so, don't want to see the negativity or like people speculating or opinions. And you just block where it came from. It's I have no problem. Now with it. the Ricky situation. Let's go. Let's go and switch there real quick. He doubled down with his TMZ. Uh, he obviously said that on Smashbox's podcast, and then he kind of doubled down again with it yeah. in regards to that tweet. He replied, um, which honestly caused I guess more people to bring the story up. The story was probably going to slowly die out, and then with his tweet, it kind of like fuel the fire a little bit now the thing is i've had a lot of good interactions with ricky recently too and um you know i'm hoping to to be able to maybe shoot a video while we're on tour whatever it may be but the one thing i think some people are having issues with is the katrina allen situation like yeah i'm sure some people are probably saying like Wow, Katrina, you're soft. And I get that too. When I block people on Twitter, you get the people like, wow, you're soft. But it's like, if you want to control your timeline, that's fine. Yeah. I think with the Ricky situation that people are struggling with is these player contracts making millions and millions of dollars, a lot of it has, not a lot of it, but some of it has to do with the media companies getting media out there to get more people to pay attention to the pro tour, which ultimately will put more money into your pockets. And so that's where I think it's a tricky situation because at one at one point you want people talking about you, but at the same time, if you're like, I only want positive, and if you say anything negative, then I'm just gonna like. I don't even think I've said something really negative gonna, about Ricky. Well, it's the whole te- it's the whole drama thing. I think Ricky has he has a valid point with the uh, dynamic disc deal and Innova and you coming out with that. No, but no, I'm saying he has a valid point of being upset about that. But I think his He's pointing it at the wrong direction. He shouldn't be pointing, being upset about you, at you tweeting it. He should be pointing at who told you to tweet. Sure, it. no, I, he that's, has a valid. That's what I'm saying. He can be like, upset at me, but that's fair. That's valid. But that's not something TMZ would ever pick up. No, the my t- whole thing. The t- that, I don't, that's where if I, I don't know, he, I don't think he knows. That's what I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows what TMZ is, is. Yeah. and that's what I've just boiled down to. Explain TMZ for the people who. Okay, do you know what it no, is? No, this is here. Let, this is the easiest way to break it down. It's just like here. Name a random name an. Wait, FBO. wait, hold on. Let's ask, let's see it. Silas's definition. T a TMZ. Wait, what? Wait, what did you say? A TMZ. Okay. It's a company. A TMZ yeah. just like okay, makes good. up story. Not maybe not makes up. I don't know. Makes no, they're pretty up much always make, real. Okay, they just dive into people's personal lives yeah. and just kind of dramatize their personal. Let lives. me, let me, right? let me. Yeah, they do That's other. Great. They do but other me, things as well, though. Let me give you two examples of the type of content. First off, his the Katrina Allen story would have been more fair to call us TMZ had I wrote like a long blog post about it or something. I just sent a tweet. So like, uh, I'm not really covered. Well, I'm just saying that would have been at least a little bit more because I'm not really covering it. Mm, I don't think it matters really the extent of it. How is that not different? Well, I think, okay, I think if you, if you would have elaborated more on going into her personal life, because you did make 
that we've kind of forgot the tweet about the uh, carnivore carnivore diet. I think pe- that missed because I don't think people, people didn't actually, know I was actually allergic to red meat. Yeah, people don't. Prior to me being allergic to red meat, my diet and Katrina Allen's diet probably. Oh, the you same. probably only ate ninety-five percent the same. Yeah, so I, I think all I ate was red meat. I think that missed because I think people actually thought you were making fun of her carnivore Absolutely diet no. when, no. in fact, you were making a joke of "I actually can't eat red meat or I'll die." Is that why? I, it was you because I didn't. Me. I didn't know why she blocked me, and so I was thinking through, and then it came to my head like, "Oh, I'm allergic to red meat. She only eats red meat." That's Again, funny. That's a funny tweet. That's funny. So it but, wasn't wasn't trying to come after her. But it's for the people that d- didn't know sure. that you can't eat red sure. meat. Sure. But let me just give you Silas. Give me an FPO player. Random FPO player. Random FPO player. Yes. This does not matter. Just name one. Paige Pierce. Paige Pierce. Now give me an MPO player. Any random MPO player. Paul McBeth. Paul McBeth. So TMZ article would be oh would be like the headline would be Paul McBeth and Paige Pierce dating. Mm. Paparazzi catches him leaving yeah. Torchy's Taco House. Yeah, that's a TMZ article. Yeah, so it's versus they, they were at Waffle House together, leaving but maybe a Discraft team dinner, and yeah. TMZ gets a picture, and they're like, "How can we get the most clicks possible?" And they do that. Uh, yeah, that's TMZ. If that's you can, TMZ. if you can find where I have ever tweeted anything remote or made an article remotely close to that, I'll concede. I think also to just the the drama, right? The the quote unquote drama, like people watch sports because of the drama, and I think that's I think people are missing. Well, that's what misinterpreting me. what drama is. Like yeah. drama to me is bringing stuff to the table that gets people talking, and uh, like you tweeting that some a pro player blocked you at the end of the day really has no negativity. No. If anything, it's just going to get more people talking about cat. Before she signs on this Wednesday, which is going to be, if you're listening to us live right now, it'll be tomorrow. tomorrow. If you're listening to this on tomorrow, uh, it, tomorrow it'll be today. It'll probably be coming out. So I don't know. I, again, I think we do need, you know, as a media company, we do need to be open to critique and Absolutely. criticism. Um, I think this is one that I don't see how we're really at fault. Obviously, when you did tweet out the Ricky deal, we talked about that. We've already that's already been out, yeah. and you've retired from breaking news. I tweeted thing. to apologize, and I DM'd him. We yeah. had a good exchange. So that was what got us initially called TMZ, and that was what really confused me because I'm, I was like, the only time I've ever seen this is from ESPN, Sports Illustrated, Bleacher Report, yeah, like actual sports media. It's the only time I've seen that. So my goal is at some point in time to get potentially Ricky to come on and just have a little powwow on the show. Will he show up tonight in the Twitter spaces? Who knows? Who knows who's going to show up in the Twitter spaces tonight? Um, but yeah, I think I think the Twitter's wild. And I, I yeah. it's one of those things where it's only going to get more wild because right now, like so few pros are on Twitter. And I wonder if that's a reason strategically. Probably. But uh, it's gonna be interesting. Well, to what's see funny is years ago, what's gonna happen? Years ago, disc golf Twitter wasn't a super big thing, and but what was on there was kind of like the sim- similar to what's on there now, where like there's different opinions and takes and whatever. But pros weren't used to a lot of people talking about them yet because it wasn't disc golf didn't have a lot of eyeballs on it. Mm-hmm. So whenever I mentioned anything about Twitter, because I wasn't really on Twitter, but every once in a while I'd see something on Twitter. And every pro that I like would say something and be like, oh, I saw it on Twitter where someone, they'd be like, oh, stay off Twitter. That thing is so toxic over there. Like it's nothing but toxic on Twitter. And like now that I'm in it, I'm like, 
Well, no, this is actually like the best place at disc golf. Well, I can't say the best place because Reddit's great. Our Discord's great. Facebook yeah, groups are it's, great. It's good but for, it's another, it's for live, like especially yeah. for live stuff. But it's a great it's place a, a where great like place. opinions happen and then mm-hmm. there's immediate discussion back and forth. That's what Twitter's made for. The one and it's, at- it's incredible. If you're a disc golf fan, Twitter's incredible. I could see where as a disc golf player, if you're not ready for people, if you're not like used to being on social media and you're not ready Criticized. for people to be criticizing yeah. or sharing opinions about you, yeah, Twitter, stay away from it. Not going to be good. Starting quarterback in the NFL, probably not a good place to be on Twitter because there probably won't be any. Unless you have a great sense of humor, self-deprecating humor. Yeah, you have to be okay. Then, to make fun then of you yourself. might. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of Twitter and social media, let's talk to kind of about the rise a little bit on the social media sphere of what is going on. I think people didn't understand what you were saying when With you brought what? this up. The third party is that oh, what you're about to talk about. Yeah, people. We I mean, think people didn't get it wh- wh- because, how like, so? for instance, Ricky posted a picture of he was about to go shop at Lululemon. I think it mm-hmm. was, and then people were like, like tagged you and like, oh, is this what you mean by third party? running it i'm like well no that was actually just like ricky just engaging with his fan base like hey i'm about to go shop at lululemon for some gear this year oh and i think i think some people would the would thing people is think i was talking about that's the thing is i think if you've never been in social media or like paid attention to wording of stuff like that you just don't notice you it. wouldn't even realize you it. just don't notice it yeah the biggest thing is the issue that you have to run into is there's some people that are going to be able to run your social media third party wise and do a great job at it. But those people are going to have to essentially be you like they're going to have to be in your life day in, day out, creating organic content with you mm-hmm. and knowing how to post as if they're you. Those people, if you're able to accomplish that and there might be some people that are doing it and we don't know, that's great. Issue is. I used to do this. I was a social media manager for real estate agents, uh, a few different businesses, number of things, right? And my job was essentially, I worked remotely. They would send me some pictures of houses they were listing or stuff like that. But my job was to create engaging content day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And so for a business or something, very simple to do. You post questions, you do whatever, because the business doesn't have a face. For a real estate agent, started to make a little bit less sense. Mm -hmm. So I had to go out of my way to try to get the real estate agent to write the caption for me maybe or do what certain things but sometimes it wouldn't work and so what would end up happening is you had kind of cookie cutter things because i can't talk like myself Mm -hmm. as a social media manager but i also don't know you well enough to talk about as brody smith so what i have to post about is like okay what is brody doing in this picture okay he's throwing a force okay so my caption is going to be been loving the force recently what's your go-to distance driver and yeah. then it's like kind of cookie cutter, copy and paste over and over because that is that is going to be engaging on social media. The issue is it's engaging if you're Discraft or if you're Prodigy and you're talking about an M4 or if you're us and we're posting about a, a specific disc. That's engaging. Where it becomes less engaging is like people follow pros to get a glimpse into their behind the curtain. So to me, a pro social media should be a little bit more raw. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be so put together. It should be a little bit more like behind the scenes. Hey, this is kind of what sucks about van life. Someone who does this great is Kona. Kona all the time is just open. Like right now, she's just building out her bag. She's talking about it on social media all the time. But she's all the time been open of like, look, I'm really struggling with my putt. I'm trying this. I'm trying that, whatever. Has that kind of come back and bitter in the butt sometimes where people will talk about it on Twitter and stuff and be like, yeah, yeah you know, she's struggling with her putt because she's open about Sure. But look at what she's built. It's a fan base that knows what she's going through. And then when they see her accomplish something, they've seen the work put in up to it. And now, boom, everyone celebrates together. Versus if Kona was constantly posting like 
cookie yeah. cutter, not that engaging stuff. Her fan base might grow, but you don't actually know Kona. This this is what I'll say too. One of the things I've heard from, I guess, what you would consider like the OG disc golf fans, right? When I came in, a lot of the, I felt like me and them butted heads on a lot of things, and w- one of the things that I think we both agreed on, however, was how it's awesome when pros are approachable, reachable, um, authentic, mm-hmm. all those things of where you really do feel like you're able to like have a conversation with them. Now, my whole thing is like that's eventually going to get shrunken on the actual like event side. So mm-hmm. when you go to a tournament right now, you could theoretically, it might be a little bit different actually right now, but I know like my first couple events, for example, if I was just warming up at a tournament, there wasn't a warm up area only for pros. So there was no, nothing stopping a spectator for com- from coming up to you while you're going out and picking up your discs in the field or whatever and being like, hey man, love your content. And there's there's going to be more and more of that. Like obviously this year the t- with the tour cards and stuff, they're making uh, where now like there's a designated area at each tour event for autographs. Mm-hmm. So like before you literally would finish your round and it was very awkward sometimes because you would get uh, you you would get people coming up to you and wanting photos and autographs, which is great. But you haven't even signed your scorecard yet. You haven't even like actually done what you needed to do to like make sure your scores were correct and in. And you kind of had to feel like a bad person, being like, "Hey, can you like wait a second? I have to do this." Yeah. Where now they're putting it to where you don't have to feel that. So on that side there is going to be less and less of where you're able to connect with pros. But on the social media side, that shouldn't go away. Like there's no reason for that connection of where if you commented on a pro's Instagram account being like, Hey man, quick question. I'm really struggling, whatever. And if the pro responds, now you have this kind of like, Oh man, this is sick. This guy just responded to me. Or if I'm Facebook message or wherever, my worry is, you're going to lose that because there is this, obviously there's this notion that social media is really, really important. Right. Mm -hmm. When I, when I came into disc golf, there was very like when I was out filming like practice rounds and stuff at uh, tournaments and stuff, I didn't really see anyone else doing it outside of Jomez, GK pro outside of like the the media media companies. companies. Yeah. Now, I mean, almost every, not, not almost everyone, but like, handful of people are out there filming stuff Mm -hmm. like pros filming their own stuff for their own YouTube channels. So I think they're starting to see like it matters on the YouTube side. It matters on the social media side. And I'm worried that there's going to be this disconnect with some people. And again, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want pros to think like I need to have a social media presence and I need to be posting all the time. I need to do all this. And I can't do that myself. So I'm going to hire someone to do that. Like I still think it's beneficial for you to, if you can only post once a week or twice a week, I think that is more beneficial long-term than having a company post for you every day. Mm-hmm. Because like you're exactly saying, do you want to market yourself? And you hear this a lot, like my brand, I'm working on my brand, my brand, my brand. That gets really old quick. Um, not everyone needs a brand on a so. Well, I'm just saying on a social media side that gets really, really old quick. And 
at the end of the day, I think you being able to relate to p- people as a person yourself and not a brand mm-hmm. is so much more powerful to create those connections and relationships. And I'm just worried that some pros might be going down this rabbit yeah. hole of more content is better well, versus yeah. just quality content. Well, I guess I take what I just said back a little bit because it's a, we're in a very interesting time and place in the sport right now. Because, for instance, again, going back to my what I used to do, I was a freelance graphic designer and social media manager. And so I had to treat myself and my content as my brand because I was selling a product and a service. Mm-hmm. And so everything I posted was about built. My name was just Hunter Thomas. You know, that was my design name. That's everything I went under. It was just me. But I was trying to build myself as a brand and a reputation to go along with it because I was selling something. I think what you're saying is true if you, all, you, all the players focused on is winning. But right now, what's interesting is the kind of the way the contract structures have been set up, kind of the way that the purses are... Purses, as of right now, aren't making up pretty much anyone in the top 20, top 30, almost even, uh, con, or their salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're making more on outside sponsorship than from the actual inside revenue of the sport Mm -hmm. to where at this point right now, actually you almost need to be a brand because if I'm, uh, let's just pick someone, James Conrad. Great example. Okay. If I'm James Conrad, if James Conrad doesn't win worlds, that did a ton for his personal brand and his name to where MVP could market him. But if he doesn't, it's going to be tough for him to like just sell normal stuff because he's not doing stuff to actively build his fan base unless he's on lead cards and then people are seeing him through Jomez and stuff. But if you have someone like Kona, Kona has a fan base and you're actually a great example too. You have a fan base regardless of if you're on a lead card or not. Mm -hmm. So right now, if you're looking at just like, Hey, I need to make a living. It's almost more feasible to do that building a social media presence and brand and no, having a company with I agree like with you. running your logo and stuff like that than it is trying because you almost have to win a pro tour once a month or something i know i 100 percent agree with you i'm what i'm saying though is i think long term wise you're going to see more more engagement more uh connection with your fans mm-hmm. if it's actually you no absolutely because like it's just there's short-term pressure i think there is, is yeah there is definitely short-term pressure and at the end of the day too like it says something if you are there's one thing if you're saying like i suck at social media i don't know what to do yeah. it's like okay well get a you, coach or or like ask questions to other people that don't suck like everyone there's there's not a single person that didn't that just started social media and was really good at it yeah everyone at the very beginning didn't know what they're doing and it took some experimenting it's awkward and time. talking to your phone and yeah you eventually will figure it out but i think it's like if you're saying I, I, this is what I'll say. If I'm a fan and I hear someone say like, I don't have time for social media. I, I, but you want to make money off of social. That's where I'm, I'm having a problem. Like it's one thing if you're like, I don't have time for social media. So then you just don't post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right. It's different. I guess I, I just me as a fan, I would have a hard time. I, I would feel weird if someone said that, but then they were constantly posting having someone else post for them on social media because at the end of the day, it really doesn't take much like 10 seconds to do an Instagram story, five seconds to take a photo and post it 
13 seconds to post a tweet. Like well, it doesn't really you, take that yeah. much time. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm a fan and I'm hearing like, I don't have time for social media, I, I don't know. Once you get going, that's very true. But I think when you're initially starting, there's this like thing of you want what you're putting out to be like good enough. And so you, I think you that's feel, what we talked about. I don't think like, I think fans would rather see sure, yeah, yeah. like just the raw stuff. A hundred percent. But when you're just starting on, so like right now, if, if you, if we were like, oh shoot, we need a content for uh foundations, TikTok. I realistically, something that I could make in five minutes for our Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. is going to do just as good, if not better than something that I spend an hour getting it to look perfect. Mm-hmm. Like filling an order, filling an order in our warehouse. We got like 50,000 views on Instagram. That's just as much as if I go spend an hour getting a trick shot or something, mm-hmm. because it, that's just how the algorithm works. Some things blow up, some things don't, but you yep. put a bunch out there and something's going to stick. But when you're just starting out, that doesn't feel good because you, you feel like, oh, well, this is flopping because it's just so raw. Like if it, if it was better put together, it wouldn't flop. It would do better. But it's like, well, no, it's flopping because you're just starting. I'm just, I'm just, I'm like picturing like two years from now, like the top, well, I think top the, 20 players on both MPO and FPO all yeah. have like companies running their social media. What does that look like? Well, I think here's the, as a disc golf fan, it's not going to get there because I think, think so, the, I think there? before then, I, looking at the market, taking a step back and just looking at the disc market, I think this year and next year is going to be a very, very interesting year. Very interesting because the way the sport's going as far as personal branding, uh, big players running discs and selling them on their own websites is through also through their manufacturer. The whole landscape is a little bit weird from a, like if I step back and I'm a fan because every player is trying to do the same thing and we're in a niche sport. So there's not that, realistically, there's not that many fans to buy your product. Everyone's like cutting each other's heads Everyone's off marketing to the exact same people. Mm-hmm. And so what's tough is, is like, if, if all, let's just use Discraft, for example, if all the Discraft pros were just marketing Discraft discs stock, and then they were just infinitely available, wouldn't that be nice? First off, if, <laughs> if any company's disc were infinitely available, but, and then they're just marketing like the meteor. And so you're pushing the meteor hard. Dickerson's pushing the buzz hard. Paul's pushing the, the PM line, I think kind of makes sense as its own thing. But like I, what I'm talking about more so is if like now you have Dark Horse Buzz, Dark Horse Zone, Dark Horse Force. Dickerson has Robot Chicken Buzz, Robot Chicken Force, Robot Chicken Zone. Missy Gannon has her three. Paige has hers. At what point hers. does it get to where it's just like too much? And everyone's marketing to, because now you've even niched it down more. You took it in a niche sport and now you've pushed it down to only buzz throwers. And now you take those buzz throwers and you give them stock, PM stamp, Andrew Presnell stamp, Brody stamp, Ben Calloway stamp, Missy Gannon stamp, Ledgestone run, Foundation run, all of this to where there's just friction. Mm-hmm. And to at some point, this income's gonna be like, hey, well, does manufacturers are smart. A lot of these offers they're making are heavy, heavily royalty based. Mm-hmm. So they're heavily royalty based. And then at some point, it's gonna be like, okay, well, the fans are buying the Paul Page, Katrina Allen, Ricky disc because you know they're the big brands in the sport. They're the big people in the sport. So now I'm Andrew Presnell, and I need to sell. I don't know why I keep picking him his name. You know what? I'm picking Callaway. I'm gonna go. <laughs> you Callaway. love going Presnell for some reason. Presnell always comes to my mind. Maybe, who calls? Who maybe calls, I just love. Presnell. Is it Germ that calls him Pretzel? Pretzel, yeah. Is that? Who? Uh, I'm gonna go Callaway. We'll go Callaway this time. Yeah, Callaway now, just announced. Uh, yeah, a contract extension. I think, or he got he got promoted to elite team. Yeah, and he's also. Did we know Le- that though a while ago? Yeah, he got you promoted because you're on the team. <laughs> oh, no one else knew I don't about think that. Even knew it, you know, yeah. Oh, okay. 
That was um, today, right? Yeah, they posted it today or yesterday. But yeah. Ben Cowley. I hate, hate Knowing things getting, you can't talk I about? Hate, well, I hate just knowing things. <laughs> <laughs> because I had no idea I didn't could. I thought that everyone knew about it. Well, that. that one wouldn't have been that bad because people i think assumed callaway was coming up okay uh regardless though so now now ben callaway needs to sell a ben callaway stamp buzz mm-hmm. for his royalties to to be able to make his living and so then you have fans and it's like you have some fans that are going to buy it because they're diehard ben callaway fans but then the average casual player now has 15 buzzes to pick from and so i i think it's very interesting where it's going just because like if every player is turning themselves into a brand like right now, it's working because it was only happening to the top few players. Mm-hmm. You had Paige, but now you had everyone's Paul, doing. But it. now everyone sees the success of that, and they're like, "I want it." We've heard it when we've talked to some players, contract negotiation wise for Foundation. They're like, "Okay, well, something I want is myname.com. and we're just we're like, "Why?" Yeah, like that doesn't make sense. Or like, if if you want that, then like your shop button goes to the Foundation site or something like that. That would make sense. They're like, well, no, like other pe- other players have it. That's what I want, and. Like the more that you're there, it just doesn't make sense. But that's where the disc golf's going right now, and I think that that's going to create a bubble. And I, I just think disc golf right now is putting themselves in a lot of places that we're not going to be in ten to fifteen years from now. And there's going to be players that get screwed, not intentionally. No one's intentionally putting them in places they're going to get screwed. But there's just not enough players to keep all these. There's not enough. Sorry, fans, fans, casual players to keep all these professional players afloat. If it's required on the fans' pocketbook mm-hmm. over and over and over. That's now, not going to work. Because now Jimmy that loves blah, blah, blah and buys you know three of their buzzes, now he's like, okay, I'm going to buy one buzz here, one buzz here, one buzz here. So now that player used to get three, but now they're only getting one. And like if that's just going to get... You know, like you said, it's going to get to the point of where people are just having to yeah, pick. Yeah, when there's 10, it works. When there's 15, it works. When it's the top 30 MPO and top 20 FPO and there's mm-hmm. 50, and they're all they're all from Discraft, Innova, Prodigy, and Discmania, and so there's like 12 each, then the casual fan is going to be like, at some point, the casual fan's going to go, eh, stamp's okay. I'd rather just have the stock one. Yeah, $2 then, cheaper. Two, $3 cheaper. Pop. We're seeing it. We're seeing it start to happen. So... People might think I'm crazy. I don't know if the chat pulled up. Probably better for my mental game. Uh, but uh, we're new, seeing it start to happen. New Dark Horse buzzes are dropping next week, guys. Make sure you go to the store. I mean, is this ironic up. or is that true? No, I'm joking. I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, is this the I worst mean, ad placement? Serious, I was like, is this the worst ad placement of all time? Make or? sure you guys check out my all my Dark Horse discs coming soon. Um, but no, I mean, you're right. It's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of the landscape of everything. All right, let's talk skins. If we were talking money, let's talk some skins. Yeah, oh, a lot of people Cyrus. are bringing up your. Uh, that wasn't that, that was, was Hunter. Oh, that was you. Oh yeah. Oh wow. A lot of people are talking about your skins match. Oh, were people talking about that? Yeah. All right, let's bring it up. So uh, that got Scott announced. Stokely, Brody Smith, head to head death match. That got announced. Um, this guy, I don't know anything really about the guy that owns the course, that owns the land. Eagles cross him. Um, Eagles Crossing. I don't know anything about him. All I do remember, though, Luke Humphreys came up to me. I want to say I was on hole 16 at Deglo during a practice round. And he brought up saying, yo, this guy really wants you to go to the skins match. And I was like, when is it? And he was telling me the dates. And looking at my schedule, it was it just wasn't going to really work because I don't know these courses that well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm about to go to a course I've never played. I think it was Preserve. I think it was in between Deglo and Preserve. Maybe. 
or I don't, I don't know. It was in between something. And he's like, well, how much, how much is it going to cost you to get there? And I was like, even if he offered me, I don't even know how much I said, like $40,000. I was like, I'm not going like, I, I care more about getting, you know, prepared for this tournament than going to this thing. Turns out it, it was a sick skins match. I watched, yeah. I watched the, uh, I watched it this past week because I wanted to see what the course looked like to kind of get, you know, my mind wrapped around of what, you know, what the course is. I'll tell you right now. It's one of the nicest courses I've ever seen on film. We might be doing a bogey bro battle out there. One of the nicest courses I've ever I seen. I got uh, someone reached out to us. It's like once us, once us out there for a bogey bro battle. So if you're in the Missouri, is it Missouri? I believe so. I think it's just outside St. Louis, right? I believe it's in Missouri. If you're in that area, you might you might have a chance. Yeah, looking to at smack the, us around. Looking at the course, it is not. First off, it's obviously on private land, so the only thing that's there is disc golf. Everything is based off of the disc golf course incredible uh the money that is thrown into the tee pads the greens the landscaping they laid new sod through the fairways like you expensive holy you can tell that money was put into it so it looks immaculate and then it has a beautiful beautiful is there like a grounds crew keeping this thing up i have no idea but it has a beautiful combination of short uh technical not i wouldn't say short technical but like you know, 350, 400 foot par threes. Um, it's got some really long par fives. It's got some awesome par fours as well in the woods, open shots. It's got a mixture of everything. And it's one of those courses where, you know, you have a four day tournament out there and the winner could be, you know, low twenties under par four day tournament. Mm -hmm. So like five under is a great round. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, some of these guys, I mean, I think they were playing pretty well. I, I believe last year it was Simon, Eagle, James, and Nate Sexton. Mm. And they were all playing pretty well. And, you know, it was to the point of where, like, a birdie was pretty much winning every hole. Um, but, like, that was the thing is, like, birdie was winning every hole for, like, the first eight or nine holes. That means one person on the car got birdies. And there was plenty of shots of where it's like, oh, that's OB. You're probably getting a boat. Like there was a lot of times where this course will will punish you. Yeah. Um, So I'm very excited to go out there and get challenged. Obviously, the card is that you know the people that we're playing with. You know, we're playing with two of the top, uh, arguably two of the top players in the world with Eagle and Ricky, and then Scott Stokely. Everyone will get its battle. Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit right now. Scott is going to actually have a decently difficult time even in getting into tournaments. He's this on the year. wait list on some. He's someone uh, on Twitter responded to me and and told me that I forget if they said Stokely himself or if they like called it a reliable source. I don't really know what they said, but they said that he's very confident he's getting in. So I don't know if he has like a sponsor into exemption. What? Every, maybe every they also. Event? I asked them. I said into what, and they said I couldn't tell if he was talking about every event or like one of the first ones. So I don't oh, know okay. what that means. But I did also see a comment on Facebook that said he's like twentieth on the wait list uh, uh, for a lot of these. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's tough well, right it, now. It's well, right very, now very he's tough. he's right below a thousand rated, and so there's like the tour card eats up a majority of the field. Then there's tiered registration after that. So if you're below a thousand rated. It's, Good luck. it's a grind to get onto this tour. You're going to have to qualify. You're going to have to play in qualifiers. Yeah. Yeah. So, but maybe if, that's his play. Maybe, maybe he's saying like, I'll be there because he's that confident he's going to qualify. So 
if he does or doesn't get into tournaments, everyone will have their Brody versus Scott battle that everyone's been wanting forever at Eagles Crossing, and uh, Eagle and Ricky will be there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, if you guys are in the area for e, uh, the Eagle Crossing Skins match, uh, GK Skins or GK Skins, GK Pro is going to be filming. It should be a really fun event, and I'm excited for it. Um, I did. Apparently, see that, it's going to uh, be the biggest Skins match of all time. I put up a yeah, I heard that too. I put up a Twitter poll, I believe. Was it me? Or did I use Foundation's account? I don't remember. I put something up on Twitter of like, who's going to win more skins, you or, or Stokely? And then someone responded and said, you think either of them are winning skins with Ricky and Eagle there? I was like, you know. People we might, forget quickly. Well, but you also have to think like the, the battle might be a little skewed because there's going to be some shots where like Ricky or Eagle's parked. And so stokely or you might go for something you wouldn't normally go for mm. there is i mean there is obviously a lot of strategy involved. skins is a different game there's than normal not disc golf. yeah there's not strategy involved like me versus you but yeah. there is strategy involved of like how i want to put pressure on people or you know do i want to force someone else to have to make a putt there's there's different things to look at but it's gonna be fun regardless it'll be fun it'll be decently in the middle of the season i believe i believe it's right before it's ddo in april yeah i believe yeah. it's right before it's like after the first quarter of the season um so the only issue that there is i'm gonna have limited limited time to get ready for ddo but i made a decision this year you know i've said no to gk pro probably like five times i want to say last year super nice guys they came down and filmed we filmed the video in texas uh before the season started last year and I've always wanted to do a skins match. It just every timing's s- always tough. Yeah, I just never felt like confident in like where my game was whenever they would ask me for that tournament. And uh, you know, I held out for a good one. Oh, back so. to social media because you just said something that brought me this topic back up. I forgot to bring it up. Do you think that there's going to become a point where the pro tour like cuts filming during practice days? Oh, having pros film. Yeah. No, just in general. Oh. Like not 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 like, like Joe Mez getting stuff? B-roll stuff, but I'm saying like yeah. GK filming I think a everyone. Match. I think everyone is eventually going to get cut That's because what I'm saying. it That's slows what I'm saying. it slows down practice rounds exactly. drastically. How far away do you think that is? Uh I think it's to the, I think it's when this year is going to be very very interesting because you got to think about it. Last year there's 120 people at an event, right? Mm-hmm. There was probably only like 30 35 touring pros. So those people are there on Monday practicing, right? A majority of the field, though, isn't practicing. They have jobs. Yeah. And they're just going to show up and it's their home course or whatever it may be. So the day before, normally the tournament got pretty busy. I'm trying to think now, especially when you have FPO and MPO on the same course, I, I think this year there's going to be issues and hopefully hopefully the Pro Tour has some idea of like what they're, you know, yeah. hopefully they already have stuff in plan. Because our strategy for this year, we decided... We can't have six-hour practice rounds, yeah. five-hour practice no, rounds. Because yeah. our strategy this year is like we want to get some content around tournaments, but I think what we've decided is best for us is like some of the content we want to get is Trevor and I playing the course. And obviously when there's a practice day, that doesn't make any sense. You got to do it the day before. So I think what we've decided that makes the most sense is whatever tournaments we pick we want to go to, we're not actually going to be there at the tournament. If we do, we'll be there as spectators. Mm -hmm. But media-wise, we're getting our content the Saturday and Sunday 
or something around there. Because sometimes there's AM yeah. weekend before. But if it's possible, Saturday, Sunday before the pros get in town. Mm-hmm. And then Monday, we get a practice round in with you or Paul or almost just said who we were signing. That would have been something. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> we, get a practice Whoa. <laughs> we get a practice round in for our YouTube channel with whoever else is there. You know what I mean? And Gosh. then we bounce. We're back home. Because yeah. like what you're saying is last year... We didn't, I never, we only, the only time we played the course was at USDGC and we got that pre-approved and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great experience. But when I'd be filming at like Waco or, or some things like that, even though our practice rounds, we do everything we can to not uh, disrupt the flow. We just mic you guys up and, and we just let quick. it go. Yeah. yeah I think like that, y'all play a practice round and we don't yeah. disrupt it. But there were still times where you felt like you were in the way just because there's a backup in general and mm-hmm. you happen to be on a card and you're holding a camera and so you're like i know people think that i call this backup yeah i think a lot of it's going to be disc golf pro tour like you have to get kind of almost clearance from them which the people are getting clearance from them well and players aren't i don't think players player, don't have to. i don't think players do outside but, media but i also think they're going to have to like like if if they're you know again gk skins perfect yeah. example if gk skins has clearance gk pro G- why do I keep why it, I keep it works it flows okay. it flows the GK skins match if they have if they have uh, permission to go out and film their thing right and pros are starting you know now all of a sudden you have an influx of now instead of 30, 30 touring pros you now have 60 70 touring pros and now all of a sudden like backups are incredible during these practice rounds and people are coming to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. It's going to be something that has to be addressed. So it's an interesting topic. Yeah, I just thought I of that. actually didn't think about until I you thought of it, it when you were talking about more players seeing the importance of social media. And I was like, if you have it's now zoo. if you have now 25 people trying to vlog their practice round, I mean, that gets, that's a, whole, why you that see, gets a lot different. That's why you see like at uh, tour events, you see a lot of stuff on the driving range. And yeah. that's what we might end up seeing is we might end up seeing a lot more stuff on the, the, drive, pra- yeah. the practice area. It's, there's sometimes not driving ranges. Well, yeah, but I'm saying you might end up seeing more content off the course like that yeah. versus actual on the course stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, let's talk real quick. Indoor disc golf, that was something that I kind of brought up mainly because you know we've just been getting absolutely killed up here with the weather the last couple of days not terrible but, I will but the snow's still here i will say playing new london right now is very difficult and there's a chance of snow on friday again yeah which is my next chance to break 100 on the golf course so yeah. i'm very upset about it um this is the worst this is the it's like, a very coldest, wintry winter yeah this is the coldest most icy winter we've had in probably eight years i'd say yeah and it just happens to be the one brody it doesn't get much worse than this yeah this is as bad as virginia winners get but you probably won't you probably won't experience many more (laughs) what uh what are our thoughts i mean obviously anything indoor sounds incredible like night golf for example is one of my favorite things to do Mm -hmm. like night golf's a lot of fun when you have like the courses that are set up i think some of the courses over in asia have insane night golf courses never played hopefully one day um where there's like lit courses yeah disc golf i think would be i mean obviously people love glow glow rounds but that would that would be really fun to have like it exists light lights around it's on a golf course i want to say I've seen that's people probably it. where you would. That's probably where you see it is it's on a night golf course, and they also have disc golf there yeah, too. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I want to say it's are in the Vegas fairways all lit for the golf? Yeah, one? You yeah, have, it's like, you have like basically work? like football lights all the way down the oh, fairways and stuff, so okay. everything's lit. So you, it's yeah. so sick watching a golf. I went ball. to a night uh, driving a night driving range, range is at the fire. Uh, at the beach 
We had to drive like 30 some minutes to get there, but Worth we were just, it. we had the itch. We that wanted to hit. Really and so we went. It was amazing. They uh, also had a self service machine, so it was 24 hours. You walked up, paid, nice. they dropped 100 balls into this bucket, Heck yeah. and then you just went out and hit. So this is what I'll say. Do I see it ever being like a legit disc golf course? No. no. It's, you're going to need way too big of a, a thing. Someone did say, though, and I love this idea, of somehow converting. You obviously, you obviously would have to have other stuff there because you wouldn't be able to make enough money with just indoor disc golf. But if you converted an indoor mall into a disc golf course, that could be sick. Where you could that, literally take down walls, like in, you have all the shops and stuff, and you could take out walls, you can make little like archways, you could, I mean, you could set up, if it was a good indoor mall, not the mall here. No, like Mall of America. Delete, not even that mall, just a normal mall. Yeah. The mall here is way too Why small. Why not just like a convention center? I mean, but you could get, you could get six yeah, or seven holes like, in our mall. Convention center would be sick too. But like you would have to obviously have an abandoned one, but that would be sick if some you know multimillionaire was just like, oh, I just want to drop some money. Well, you could you could definitely get just be like a, a big warehouse and make like a yeah, TV course. Yeah, I'm talking about like where you're actually still throwing like 300 foot shots, kind of. So, um, all right, now here's an idea. Hold whoa, up, hold whoa, up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So we're indoors. We're in full control of our environment, right? Yeah. Yep. So you get Wind this tunnels. is genius. What the heck? It, I might not say this idea. You just all you need. Careful, McDonald's stole my McGriddle idea. All you need is like a warehouse with 500 feet of straight distance, just one 500 feet straight distance, and it needs to be like 30 feet wide. Then you have poles and the basket on a motorized system, so you can shape the shot however you want it to be. It's almost like that Japanese game. Nope. What? You you never seen that Japanese game where it's like there's a conveyor belt and it's like a different. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Dude Perfect play it. And you're like, hey. Well, kind of, but I'm just saying, like, so then you hit, like, well, it's like every I want like, can... to replicate whole whatever, whatever course. Yeah, Only thing you, you can't s- do is elevation. You throw but trees you push up it, for where the poles you are. You push it, and the poles just move in to be the tightness of the Heck fairway. Yeah. And the basket moves to be a hyzer or anhyzer shot or straight shot. You have potential. You could do 18 holes with only one giant room. I would say that's a definitely that's a better sweet. definitely a better idea than your driving range with conveyor belts. That's an everywhere. incredible idea. Costs a lot of money. All right, let's finish Cost it off. Costs less money than my driving range. Your driving range belt. conveyor belts is is uh, just an absolute cash. We're workshopping that, that one. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. I have seen. Have you seen the the golf driving range? I think it's in Japan or somewhere. I see this guy on TikTok all the time, but it's just there. It's in a city, so they don't have room to have like an actual driving range of top golf. Okay. So they're just hitting into a massive net that gets tighter. And then the net, the highest point of the net's like 50 feet uh, above them. Okay. So you can hit the golf ball as much as you want, but gravity just brings it all back down. Because it's just a big net. It's just just a massive net. What about a VR disc golf, but it has a simulator? So it's like VR and simulator combined. What's the point of the VR if you have a simulator? Well, because you're, you're more you're more immersed. So if you're just in VR. To get motion sickness. <laughs> sure. Then what's the point of the simulator? Well, because then you're oh, actually just throwing. Like you're actually throwing. You're actually throwing. Yeah, dude. I don't see the point of both, but I like where your head's at. If they can make, if they can if, make disc golf uh, simulator would be a good enough start. Yeah, I just don't know how. Well, that wouldn't be that hard, right? It would because be there's hard. golf. No, well, we don't have. But golf has a track man that like very already hard. tracks yeah. all the data of club face spin. Well, Club we just have speed. to 
But the issue You'd is buy their code. You, have to, you have to put in your no, no because but a go- every golf ball is the same though size. That's the problem. And it's Not also you every- can set up exactly where you're going to have the hit point at because you tee the, the balls there. Yeah. Uh, when you're throwing, you could release yeah, it I don't really any know how number of places. Work. Yeah. It'd be so hard to get the rotation. We're, we're all like right. all we're, you could have we're is twenty speed. years away. You could have speed and angle that it hit a screen, and that'd Correct. be it. But what if you had a database of all the discs and? But it's still very hard for it to pick up. The biggest yeah. issue is the amount no, the amount saying. of money that I'm has to go into development would never be you'd I'm, never get it back. Hey, I'm speculating. If Elon Musk started to like disc golf, we would get it. All right, last thing let's talk about before we jump over to Twitter Spaces is the All Star event coming up. They just announced uh, the final rosters, and I don't want to go too much into uh, the actual like doubles and all that stuff because that's just whatever to me i think the drafting is going to be pretty interesting mainly because it's going to force people to have to pick like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to see some people like are you picking because you're friends with that person and you're like hey i just want to have a fun time and have a good team hey chemistry's or there's not doubles there is doubles there is doubles chemistry's crucial in doubles or are you going to be picking people because you're trying to win also like are people going to be thinking about the different competitions so i don't want to actually pick i think it'd it'd take way too long and i think we'd get way too much into it maybe we can do this at a different point or maybe we can do this on uh the heiser club podcast but i just want to think who you think would win these challenges so the challenges are putting Accuracy, I said that word weird, and distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious who you think is going to win those in each division. Okay. Now, here's the thing, though. You have to also assume, like, you have to f- try to think who is going to go into each one of those challenges, right? So you can't theoretically I'm say... I'm not thinking that deep. I'm just picking no, who no, out of the 10, I think. But you can't good. say Eagles going to win putting in distance. No, I'm, 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 I'm going to pick one for okay. each. I'm going to pick one for All each. All right, so let me give you the names real quick for... Let's do FPO first. Okay. So names... Saz, you're in on this too, so pay attention. I'm paying attention. Um, names, we got Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, Missy Gannon, Sarah Holcomb, Haley King, Jessica Weiss, Kona Panis, Lisa Fakus, Heather Young, Owen Scoggins, Dean Carey, and Rebecca Cox. Those are... Uh, so we're going to do the three FPO picks now? Yeah. Okay. So putting, who do you have winning putting there? See, this is tough. Silas, you go first. I go first? This is not tough. Okay. Well, no. Let me go I, first. No, Let me go no, first. No, no, I got first. you. you go no, first. I don't want you to take mine. Y'all can have the same picks. Okay. No, we can't. Can no we? No one can have the same picks. Okay, or? we can have the same picks. Okay. Surely. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going Heather Young putting. Mm. Okay, that's who I was going to go with. And the only other person that I think has potential is Own Scoggins. But I think I'm going to go Heather Young. I think Heather oh, Young's going to oh, win. Oh, Own Scoggins for sure. You're going Own? How All are right. y'all not? Have you seen her? We also have no idea what this putting challenge is going to be. That's valid. So that's valid. Okay. Who, who has Never any mind. idea? That could be, it could be any number of things. But um, Own Scoggins, I, for some reason, I was thinking I wanted to put Paige there, but I wanted to Paige for my distance. Yeah. And so I was like having a freak out, but no, Own Scoggins... One All of the right. best putters, probably maybe the best putter in FPO. Accurate. Someone else say that word. Why can't accuracy? Accuracy. accuracy. I think I don't think I'm accuracy. Um, who knows what this means? Yeah, I'm um, thinking like landing zones is what I'm thinking. I'm gonna like go a CTP thing. I'm going first. I'm going. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna go with dark horse. Okay. Because I don't think this person is going to compete. 
Because you're actually picking who you think is going to win. We're going to keep track of who got the most right. Oh, okay. Right? So, like, if you pick... Yeah. I'm still just picking the person I think is going to be sure. the best at it. Oh, I think, yeah. I think, Kona, I think Kona Panis. Okay. I'm going Katrina Allen. See, I don't I've even said, think she's going to compete in it. I she, think she's going distance. Get wrecked. Oh, she, yeah. I mean, that's wrecked. true. That's fine. I'm going, I just think, I'm going, I would, again, I was going with the person I think is going to be the best at the accuracy competition. I think that's Katrina Allen. Right. It's going to suck, though, when she doesn't even compete in it. All right, I'm going Missy Gannon. Nothing's Gannon. on the line. I'm going Missy Pride. Gannon. You're going Missy Gannon. That's going a good Missy pick. Gannon. Missy Gannon's great pick. All right, you're first up with distance. Paige. That was going to be mine. You but can use I got it. it. No, no I'm it. not going to use it. No, okay. I'm using no. it. I'm not an idiot. You can be an idiot and you pick someone else. Okay, I'm going Paige. Paige. I don't, I mean, no one else throws very far. Uh, Katrina Allen could. could yeah, I was I was about to. She's. I'm saying Katrina Allen and Haley King are like the two other that can maybe match it one, her. They're putting one person in each category. Yeah. Well, no, I think I want to say it was like two, like two pairs of two would go in the cha- categories. I don't know. And one per- I think and Haley's, person can't Haley's do more in than contention. One. I don't. I would. It would be, That'd be really very weird, weird if it would like Paige just was like, Paige's "Hey, I'm, like, I'm, I'm doing all my team, but I'm just doing them all." Yeah. <laughs> How be, does the team work? No one snake knows. Snake draft. Snake draft. No one knows. Um, what is that? I, maybe it's not a snake draft. No, it I is, thought it, it was. Is a, oh. It is a snake draft. It's good. Uh, dude, the, the last pick person, wow. I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to feel bad. I'm tuning in, though, but I'm going to feel when bad. When is the draft? Is there like a live draft? Are they live streaming so. this? Oh, I hope so. They're they not. should. No, I don't think they are. I think they think said so? they're just going to announce the teams. No. It, it's be better so for morale. Big. It is better for morale. So that you way you don't know when you're picked? So then you don't know you're picked last. That is better for morale. That's smart. You that can't is, you can't do a live stream. I have been so good. I think the NBA did that when the they NBA when does they, live stream. They yeah. do live stream picks. Yeah, I think they do. I thought they did. Make sure see what the chat's saying. I'm pretty sure the NBA does a live stream. The chat's saying a lot of people Haley f- for uh, distance. She has Haley a, King she for has distance. Chance. Yeah, she has good distance. Especially because I don't think it's strictly just also, distance. I think there is a little uh, bit of like Just Spring spoke about it on the Ulti World. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, what spoke the about what? The the event. Well, yeah, that doesn't the help us. Okay. I don't know. Are they going to live stream it? Yeah. <laughs> can we tune in? I don't have time to consume every piece of disc golf content made. I want to see this thing live. All right, let's go MPO. Said Paige is thrown just over 500. There you go. <laughs> so is it live streamed? <laughs> Silas, we need to know if it's live. Hey, oh, oh, here we go. Alan, <laughs> Alan says they already announced that it will be live. Maybe that's not the draft. <laughs> that. Silas, will the draft be live streamed? Silas, don't don't speak into that mic until you have that answer. We're going on to MPO. Oh my gosh! We know the event's gonna be live. The event, guys. Someone, 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 someone in the chat. Someone help him. He's drowning over there. Guys, just want to let everyone know the event will be live. Your disc golf network subscription will be worth something. Hey, if you if you actually unsubscribe for the off season. Reminder. Oh yeah, get that. Get that. Wait, wait it out another week. I don't know how theirs works, but February, pick it back up. Game there time. will be a live draft. There will be a live draft. <laughs> there will be a live draft. Heck Thank yeah. you, Silas. You're welcome. And that is going to hurt someone's Thank feelings. Because you, <laughs> you know you're going to be sitting there, and you're like, what the frick. Well, the thing is too is there's like if they would have like added in, let's say like a like a like a fan vote or something, and like some like fan just like not not fan. Sorry, they added a fan vote of where like someone clearly wasn't. With like these are all top players. No, there was, there's fan votes. No, but, but like they are still top players. But some of them got in by fan votes. But but I'm saying like there's not like a fiftieth in the world. No, in here. correct, correct. There's to not where like it's like they're coming low. in, being yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna get last pick. Like yeah. all these people think that they're gonna be first pick. 
Or I would hope so. Okay. MPO. You got Eagle, Calvin, Adam, Kyle, Kevin, James, Chris, Drew Gibson, Matt, Nico, Ezra, Gannon. I don't know why I only said Drew Gibson, but... Um, no, you only put one last name? I only name. did one last name there. Right, I was so going what competition fast. are we going first? We're doing the same thing. Putting. Silas, you don't really have the list in front of you, so you're kind of at yeah, a disadvantage, right. but you go first, Silas. Putting. Hey, I go first. I'm yeah. the one without the list. Eagle, Calvin, Adam, Kyle, Kevin, putting? James, okay. Chris, Drew, Matt, Nico, Ezra, Gannon. Okay, putting. I'm going. Putting is Ricky Wysocki. <laughs> He's not even there. <laughs> putting. He said the list three times. <laughs> He's not going to be there. Oh, All right. Putting is Paul McBeth. Not there. Okay, that had to be planned. Huh? Surely you knew that one. We talked about you that last week. There's no way you go back to back Paul Ricky when you know they're both not there. We talked about this last week. Uh, Did you listen to the list? Putting. Were you here for no, our podcast? Re, re, redo the list. Redo the list. Eagle, Calvin, <laughs> Adam, Kyle, Kevin, James, Chris, Drew, Matt. Oh, Nico. okay, okay, okay. Uh, Kevin. I'm going Kevin. Kevin Jones. Okay. Kevin Putting. Jones. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Chris Dickerson. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go. Dang it. No. I'm going to go. I'm going hammies. That's a good pick. I'm going hammies. I think Dickerson. Who are you going to say? No, I just, I used Dickerson when I wanted him for accuracy. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going for accuracy. I'm going to go with James Conrad. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. That's a great pick. Accuracy. That one might have been good. No, because he's going to do distance, I think. It's tough to know what these players, like the captains, are going to pick themselves for. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I think FPO is easier to tell, like, okay, Who's this gonna person's going to do this, this. There's I a lot more lot more MPO players that could do multiple things. It's be accuracy, tough to see what they say. I'm going with Matteo. Oh, ooh, that's a good one. Dark Horse. I wonder if he's going to He's putt, probably going to do the putting. I think he's going to do the putting. Uh, okay. okay. I'm going with James Conrad. Also, someone listening, can you please like tweet all of our picks out to us so I can keep track of them all? Because I've already forgotten them. It's fine. I remember mine. I don't trust you. It's okay. Distance Eagle. I'm going to go. I thought Gannon Burr sneakily, but I'm sticking with Eagle. I'm going Dark Horse Ezra. Mm. Oh, I'm going okay. Dark Horse Ezra. All right. I'm going Eagle. Yeah. Okay. Got to. All right. Uh, Eagle will surely win the distance. We also don't really know. We don't know what any of these are actually going to be. No, so we have, that's we also have no true. clue. So it's like, what if it's like distance, but you have to throw it through a five-foot gap first no. for it to start? No. Because they want it to be electric. So yep. they'll just have like a landing parameter of like, it needs to land in this massive field area. Fair enough. I've also heard that the course they're going to be at is pretty sick. Uh, yeah, well, it's like a... It's like golf hybrid course they're going to be at. Yeah, they're creating one. Just like I'm about to create this Twitter spaces. I've heard that the the property it's going to be on is incredible, though. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, the resort itself is disgusting looking. All right. Uh, we're going to jump over to Twitter spaces. If you want to hop on, go pop in the Twitter spaces and raise your hand to let us know that you want to prompt us with some type of debate topic or ask a question or whatever it may be. Um. Okay. And Silas, that was an all-time tweeted. moment when you picked Ricky and then Paul. Right. Dude, I Silas, forgot what event we were Silas doing and Hunter join there. the Twitter spaces. <laughs> Literally, we're only talking about one event. 
That's join so the Twitter spaces. I'm gonna do that on my. Uh, I'm relying on the chat here. What? I was re- I was relying on the chat. That's all. That's all I have to say. I don't even know what, what that means. <laughs> all right, I'm in here. Joining. Oh, someone brought up a good point. Okay, uh, let's hear it. Eagles, Eagles shoulder. Like, does that Ooh. hinder him this season? Mm-mm. You don't think so? If it hinders him, it's going to hinder his forehand a little bit, but I don't think it's going to hinder his backhand. He also posted on his story today and said he's back. Oh, all right. There what we go. Means. Like, what does that mean? Back at full percent? I mean, I don't think I'm posting that if I'm not back at full percent. Yeah. I'm not posting that if I'm like, I'm 75% confident. Or you give people false hope. No, no. He's back. I believe him. Oh, I believe him too. Okay. On uh, Griplock tomorrow, we're going to have our wild predictions for 2022, and I'm pretty excited for mine. That it doesn't involve what, Eagle. I was just what is your wild? What, like, Silas, what do you mean? What, I can't <laughs> say it. I'm talking about you, on the Griplock. No, what do you mean your wild predictions? Like your dark horse predictions? No, just like just... A, something that you think is going to happen, but you might oh. sound a little crazy for saying it right now. Oh, interesting. I'm pretty, I think it's going to oh, be a pretty exciting I, segment. I think I joined with debate night. You created it as debate night. That's fine. I just got to join. You now. just had to join as yourself. I got to join as myself so that way more people would tune in. We got some people raising their hands. So as soon as Brody is joined as himself on his computer, I, I'm sorry. I, I he'll get some people. Uh, he'll get some people. Oh, someone says, Jonah asks, does anyone else think Prodigy had a worse offseason than Enova? Thoughts? No, because they were able to keep. No. That's a good. Tough. That's a tough one. That is that's tough. a tough one. It is very tough. Someone said uh, bogey bros to Alaska. Heck yeah! Is there a course out That'd there? That'd be so fun. That'd I be mean, amazing. I'm not a bogey bro, but that sounds lit. There's got to be a course. I've been to Alaska once. I was in like eighth grade. We went on a cruise. It was very fun. Started in Seattle, went to Alaska, like three places in Alaska, and then Canada. That's a lot. That's of fun. cool. I've been to Canada. I don't remember where it was, but my brother has the, well, he probably, it's definitely been beaten by this point, but they had a mini donut shop there and they had a record that you could break if you ate however many mini donuts. Cause like only like the tourists from the stop came in wherever it was. And so you were there for an hour to like kind of walk around this park, but they had a, a donut shop. Mm-hmm. So obviously my brother and I are in the donut shop for the hour and there is a limit. There's a thing of like, if you ate this many donuts in an hour, your name got put on the board. And it was set. It was like forty some donuts. My brother, like we're talking like actual donuts, like like mini donuts. They're like this big. Oh, okay. And my brother ate like forty eight mini donuts. Okay. And so our tour bus driver bought us all maple cookies. Look at him go. It was great. So if you're ever like in Alaska, thing? no. Oh. Okay. This is my sister graduated. Brother and sister graduated high school, and it was like their combined graduation present. We went on a cruise uh, in Alaska. Uh. Didn't go on a trip for my graduation. <laughs> All right. I think we're good. Let's get it rolling. Um, you need to unmute yourself. What? You're muted. Okay. Okay. All right. We should be Gucci gang. Uh, I think we got Philip asking to join, so we're going to join him. Is this Mike on Silas? Yeah, should be. Sweet. All right. Philip, you're on. What you got for us? He's muted. Okay, yeah, we'll, you gotta unmute yourself, Philip. We'll try. Should be on else. the bottom. Hey. Oh, there he goes. Go ahead, Philip. Hey, I got a really hot take for you guys. 
this is going to be the first season in many, many seasons that Innova has not won an Elite Series event. Whoa. Uh, MPO and FPO? No, just MPO. MPO. Mm. Okay, so, so they've that's, got that's Calvin Heinberg, Sexton, Nate Sexton, Germ. Do mm. I need to turn up the volume? I feel like it's all the way up, Silas. Uh, Sexton, Germ, Heinberg, who, AB. AB did say he's touring this year. An elite series. We're talking. Elite series. We're not talking <laughs> There's about. There's only pro tour. There's pro yeah, tour we're majors. We're not talking silver series then. No elite series. Correct. Pro tour and majors. That's, so that's that's. I mean, honestly, that might not be that hot of a take because it's basically will seven, Calvin it's win. like seventeen events. Can Calvin win? Calvin or Sexton one? are the best two bets. And Sexton was a little rusty last year. Oh, uh, you can't count out Germ. You can't, you can't count, count Germ out, at, but at Waco. No, but the Calvin and Sexton are the two best bets. Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah. So it's basically saying can't like, count can't count AB out at like the golf courses. I would say like the big the big arm courses. Well, yeah, they can they can all win. It's just basically you're saying. I mean, the take is Calvin Heinberg's not going to win an Elite Series this year. And the odds not- the odds on that would probably be, gosh, what what odds would you take on that? Like five to one. I don't know. I mean, I'd say I'd say I'd say uh, Calvin probably has about thirty percent chance to win one. And the collective rest of the field might have ten percent mm. in my mind. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's a that is a very interesting point. I yeah. was just I was just thinking like the, looking at their team. Yeah, there are quite a few people that have a potential to win one, but it's very unlikely that they will be able to pull a whole tournament together outside of Calvin. I would put Calvin as really the only one I'd put money on. Yeah, I mean, I think Calvin probably is going to get one though, because I mean, I feel I feel like he's been so close for so long. I would, I, I would think that he took a lot of that to heart this off season and worked on some things to to make sure that he could come out and and, and get one next year. So we'll see. All right, appreciate it, Philip. Yeah, not a problem. Thank you. Yeah. All right, I think this person had their hand up too. So we'll add him in. DGFC. You're on. What's up? Hello? Can you hear us? DGFC, you're ready. What what you got? He's thinking about his question. This person's ready, though. Maybe we throw Throbert in. This guy's ready for the, the time being. Oh, that guy was on uh, last last episode. Uh, Throbert. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. Throbert, hey, go ahead. On, You're ready. What's up, man? Uh, so I kind of I got two things. I'll, I'll get through them real quick. Uh, I think a huge step for disc golf moving forward. I, I don't know if we have to wait till the purses get bigger. But if we could get disc golf on a gambling website, because I can bet on table tennis, I can bet on water polo, but I can't bet on disc golf. Prize picks. I know it's kind of tough. It, it is the, on uh, prize picks. Okay, well, there is on prize picks. All right. Yeah, it's, I, they have I'm it. I'm in New Hampshire, so I only got DraftKings. So yeah, nah. they have it. They but, have it right now uh, under fan, like the fantasy kind of. Where like they're they're you basically have to pick I believe three different players I think is the smallest and you have to pick an over and an under an over and an under but they basically I mean the lines have been pretty accurate it's yeah. been over under last year I think it was mainly strokes USDGC they might have done birdies mm-hmm. I'm not sure but it was over under on strokes and there it was every time we used it it was a it was head scratcher yeah it was, I think I lost everything I put in 
I, I agree with you though that that is a massive, massive way. Oh, 100%. Of getting kind of the casual fans or even honestly just people that don't even care to pay attention to disc golf. Um, I mean, you see it every single weekend in football where people are watching games simply because they have money on it. And and you're so much more invested. Yeah, and obviously it'll, it'll never get as big as team sports, but there's 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 a market out there for people uh, to bet on disc golf, and so yeah, I would love I would love to see more more uh, gambling companies get involved. All right. Well, the second part of this is I. I got a feeling I'd be willing to put some good money on it this year. I don't know why. I think Drew Gibson is. I don't. I think he's might win the GT, DGPT this year. The tour championship, or like have the most points no, the, going the, into the, the, the points. I don't. I don't know mm. about the the tour mm. championship. So finicky, but yeah, I think with that big money contract he got, he seemed to find his putt. I know that Shelly Sharp Memorial his putt didn't look great, but. I think Drew's going to have an amazing year this year. Uh, yeah, I definitely think he's poised to have a top 10 year. I think he might be able to push for the top five. I, just, I don't think he's quite at Ricky, Eagle, Paul, Calvin level quite yet. I think that there's just one more gear. Um, but I, he's definitely trending towards that direction. I don't know if this is quite his year yet, but uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next year or two he's one of the top few players in the world. Um, and when I say few, I mean like two or three players in the world. Because he is a top player in the world. Yeah, I'm just rooting for absolute chaos this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, appreciate it. I think you're going to get that. If I had to bet, you're going to get absolute chaos. I don't know what form is going to come in. But, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for calling in, bud. Uh, also, remember to raise your hands uh, if you've got the next question, and we'll we'll add you. Yeah, in we'll here. pop you in. DGFC, if you uh, if you got something, go for it. DGFC, yeah, your hands you're ready. You go just for it. Unmute yourself. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. I got questions for Hunter and Brody. Let's hear it. Hunter. Yeah. I've heard you say that Innova is failing on the social media side. Mm-hmm. When was the last time that you checked their follower counts? Ooh, check the follower counts, Hunter. The follower counts or the follow accounts? Follower, the, like the numbers. Like number, number of followers? followers. I, yeah, I've, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Because I checked it a couple of days ago because I, I find that debate intriguing. But, uh-huh. um, so they, they have like 100,000 more than Discraft. Dismania uh, is like, I think it's second. But I was just curious, like, why do you say that Innova is failing compared to Discraft, Dismania, et cetera? Well, I don't. First off, I think that the only company, in my opinion, that has been doing a consistently good job has been Dynamic Discs. I think a lot of manufacturers just haven't put the fo- for some. I think that they don't see the potential on social media. I think they're really overlooking it. Uh, Innova, in a day to day basis, doesn't do a bad job. I think they do a bad job on social media marketing their players. I think they do a, a decent job. I mean, they're constantly posting reels of different things going on. They're very, they are present on social media. I, what I've talked about in the past, and I guess it hasn't been clear, I think that they aren't doing a great job on social media marketing their top players and their pros that are on tour week in and week out. But to be fair, 
there there's not many companies that are. I, I think that a lot of companies are just overlooking ways that they could be using these players that they have unlimited access to to just drive sales like they've never seen. Um, and I think that they just don't know the potential, so it's hard for them to see the value in it because it. I mean, to people who don't use social media regularly, it seems silly to to think that it could drive the amount of sales and traffic it can. Uh, and traditional marketing just seems like it's a no brainer. It seems like a more basic move, like putting signs on courses and commercials and stuff like that. But organic marketing on on social media, you can get a lot a lot more traffic for for cheap. And I think that people are just overlooking it. But yeah, Innova does a good job overall. Eh. Good job. I think they do a decent job overall, but I think that they where they're struggling or failing, if I've said that in the past, is the the player marketing side. Yeah, no, I I agree. I was just curious what your thoughts were on that. And uh, for Brody, yeah, I've heard you say that The Office season one is not good. Is that correct? Um, I I would say if you have watched the entire season, if you've like have seen sorry if you've watched the entire show uh it is good but it is difficult because i saw it firsthand with my wife to get someone into the office because of the first season you have to basically let them know like hey just get through the first season and then you'll fall in love with the show that's kind of where it is like i think some of my favorite episodes are from the first season so Basketball episode is basketball. Is cool. I also think the they did the Olympics. I think also was first season or was that second season? That's season two. Yeah, was it season two? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think there's some great episodes in the first season. I just think it's such a unique show, especially if you're now going back and watching it. It's so different than a lot of the the pace of shows now. That it is difficult, I think, for some people well, that's what I've to told, get into it. Whenever I've told someone who doesn't like The Office or say they don't, I just tell them because the first season's like nine episodes. I'm like, commit just for the first season. Yeah. Because if you get to episode the last episode of the first season, you're hooked. Yes. I, I've never had someone watch the entire first season of The Office and still not like it. Yeah. That's never happened to me. It's kind of like disc golf. I've never had someone go out and play disc golf and be like, yeah, that is that is stupid. I do hate that. I've never had that happen. I would just say it's not like uh, it's not like Game of Thrones where the first season is just like holy crap, what am I getting myself into? Right, like it's it is one of those it is one of those you got to commit shows and get where you, best. You, yeah you have to get you got to get to know the characters a little bit before you fall in love with it. So and I saw it firsthand. I mean, my wife wants to watch an episode or two every night. So we're on season three. We're flying through it. Heck yeah. Oh yeah, I think I think season after you watch the whole show, season one, in my opinion, is is the best because you're seeing all these characters before the writers kind of get involved and mm-hmm. you know kind of characters a little bit. Yeah, for uh, sure. But yeah, if you all haven't watched the super fan episodes on Peacock yet, y'all should check those out. Oh, okay, I didn't know about those. All the deleted scenes in there. It's it's like an hour each. It's pretty sweet. Oh but, heck yeah! All right, appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, love you guys. Peace. All right, later. I think we got Dustin now. Dustin, you're on, dude. What's up? What's up, guys? Uh, I guess this is a question for everybody. What do you guys think about Big Cat's uh, tweet of how he uh, treated that uh, Get Freaky Zone and all those discs he had? It was, it was brutal. Oh, it was with, brutal. with the Wisconsin shirt? The Get Freaky Zone was, was pretty badly warped. Those discs yeah. were – we sent those. 
last year. <laughs> he got some reps in of the. He, he, did, he, he wore our throw. gear. He did. Well, he wears. Yeah, he wears he the our foundation. Gear con- he still does. I saw an. Ep- uh, it sneaks in there. Yeah. When we first sent it, he was he wore it way more than I ever expected. Between the cotton candy hoodie and our windbreaker. But no, it did. It, I'm not gonna lie. It, it hurt. It hurt seeing the warp get freaky zone. I shed a tear over it. But you know, it is what it is. It also hurt to know they're just sitting there collecting I, dust. I think Hank though is the biggest. Hank's in it. I think he wants to play disc golf the most out Heck of all yeah. of them. Yeah. So, but yeah, it is what it is. All right. Thanks for calling in, Dustin. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Um. All right. Who else raised their hand? I just missed it. Dang it. I know someone was laughing. Oh. So when we react, we laugh. If you want to pop in, raise your hand up, and we will add you as a speaker. We kind of missed Big Cat's wave of like popping in random Twitter spaces. Oh, it would have been hilarious. It would have been incredible to get him in. Yeah, and just have him be like, well, what the heck about disc golf? Oh, someone raised right there. Oh, here we go. Mike. Mike. Uh, all right. I believe it was Mike. Mike, you're on. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Hey, TMZ. How's it going? Oh, we're doing going good great. out here. Breaking news left and right. This isn't my debate, but I just want to point out that I think I'm just going to refer to Ricky as the Kevin Durant of disc golf because he's getting pretty soft on socials, and I'm expecting some burner accounts to be made pretty soon. Oh, oh boy. But, sorry, anyway. <laughs> so, um, you guys touched on it, I think, on maybe Grip Block, but I'm going to just kind of tackle it further and say that I actually think Innova is doing a good that their their strategy is not on accident on what they're doing this year i think they're recognizing that there may be a bubble happening in terms of pro signings and i think they're adjusting because they know that in a few years um companies are going to realize that they're overpaying for these players and they're going to be able to scoop up some players for less also i think i if you guys have seen the movie moneyball um, I think Innova's kind of doing a money ball thing here where, you know, think about some of their best uh, players that are selling the most discs. You think of a Jeremy Colling, you think of a Nate Sexton. They're not doing anything for them. They're getting them on the cheap. They're getting them with no help on socials. And they know they can throw out their discs and get them sold because they're getting their media elsewhere. So, you know, I think the issue with, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a big prodigy guy. I love Chris Dickerson. But it's you. It would be hard for you to convince me that Discraft in general is going to sell more discs this year than if they didn't sign him. I don't see that that really was a pushing point. I think those discs would have got sold elsewhere on other tour series discs. Um, I obviously there are going to be some people that do come over because of Chris, but to warrant that amount of money is hard for me to believe. And I think. I think kind of um, companies are going to eventually push more towards maybe less tour series discs. And when I say less, I mean less people having one or just, you know, to go to the cannibalism, as Brody mentioned, I think last week, it's not making them sell more by having more tour series. Like they're still getting the sales they would have got. Um, and I think it's only a matter of time that these prices on discs are just going to go higher if they want to be able to keep these players. I think when you think about two contracts, I don't think we're thinking about them right now that way, or at least I don't think manufacturers are thinking about them right now in the way that they will 10 years from now. Because mm-hmm. what you were basically saying with the Chris Dickerson thing, right, if, of where, well, Discraft's probably not going to make more money with having Chris this year than if they didn't have it. I think down the road, though, it's not going to be so much about 
hey, we're going to pay this guy $100,000 and we're going to make $500,000 worth of his discs and sell them. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of, hey, we're going to have this guy, we're going to pay him $100,000 and he's going to be throwing our stuff and not throwing our competitor's stuff. And I think that's going to be more in line with, you know, how you look at other companies and other sports, how they are swooping up where you're like, man, they have so many people on their team. It's like, why do they have so many people? It's like, well, they don't want other people, other companies, other competitors to have that person per, uh, mm-hmm. uh, per se. So, you know, Discraft picking up Dickerson right now basically may- maybe might have blocked Dickerson from going to Dynamic and mm-hmm. and having Ricky and Dickerson there, which might have made Dynamic a much bigger company this year. You know, whatever it may be, like... But I think you're right in the sense of where if you're looking at just numbers to numbers and you're looking at a player simply of how much money are we going to make off of his disc that we're selling with his name on it, I don't know if that's the right way of going about it. No, I think that's where... kind. Of, I was talking about it a little bit earlier. I think that Innova must be on the same wavelength as what I was kind of saying, and they're just betting that basically the bubble of everyone because tour series discs are one thing innova has tour series discs like the sext and firebirds of tour series discs germ has his thunderbird so on and so forth it's the extra discs beyond tour series that i think are where things are going to start getting hairy uh and innova has never caved to that market innova they'll do like yep. some some fun runs and stuff through dgu but that's like a separate company realistically it's i think it's actually under like carolina flying disc association or something but that's a whole separate thing Innova itself hasn't really been putting out like constant player stamps and stuff like that. They let retailers do that and you know other companies that want to do it run it through Innova, but Innova themselves aren't having to market all these new things. They have stock discs and then like a few times a year they have tour series and that's that. And I think that Innova's like this is the model. Everyone else like you can do that. It's going to work for a few years, but people are going to come back to our model and we're going to just keep doing what we're doing. I think that's the bet Innova's making. The more I've thought about it and talked about it on podcast, I, I, the more I think Innova might be smart. I've never thought they were dumb. I just thought that they were thinking differently, and I think that my mindset is starting to align with Innova a little bit more. I think that well, they, I think I, they know what they're I, doing. I don't know. Obviously, this is only one website, but Infinite just put out their most popular molds from 2021, and Innova was 12 of the top 20. Yeah. Um, and they can still rely on their molds. I think that and their and their brand, and I think that they're not dumb and they can see that they don't need to rely on players at the moment. And maybe they will at some point, but when these contracts run out and there's a better idea of if the market is valid or not, they could grab whoever they want to. Like, I think we all can agree that they probably have the biggest uh, bank account. If they really wanted to buy it and bring anybody in, they could. And I think they're waiting to see if this is actually feasible to have this many big, like Discraft, like Discraft this year, is it really realistic? Because I think the other thing that I don't know if the companies are falling victim to, but I know like fans and even some media are falling victim to everyone's saying, well, this person needs to get this much because they might win more events than so-and-so. Like if, if Ricky wins, if Paul wins in other worlds, he better, he better make sure he gets paid more. But the issue, like this isn't a team sport to where like it matters how many like, oh, I'm going to make sure Paul, I have to, I have to pay Tom Brady because he's getting us the most championships. Like, that's not really relevant. Like, when you look at like a golf, the second highest, um, in like person in terms of sponsorships is Phil Mickelson, which, I mean, he's like 50, 40th in the world. Like, it's not about how good you are necessarily in terms of being valid for a sponsorship. It's what you can bring to that company 
off of the course and sales and all those things. And I think people are just looking at it wrong. Of, well, if, if, if he gets paid, oh, well, if Eagle's the best player in the world next year, he better get at least a million. That might be a bad example because he pushes plastic just as well as probably the top three or four guys. But, you know, if it was a somebody like even like Chris Dickerson, if he's number one in the world next year, I don't think that warrants getting paid a million dollars a year if he's not putting the sales that the other guys are. Yeah, and it's also the same notion as like what you're talking about where, where Phil Mickelson, you can throw him in a commercial and he's going to do well. He's going to well, thrive. But Phil, I think, is a bad example because the only reason I think he's not winning at to the top level is because he's older now. But he, but he was. Never, he never really. I mean, he was always in Tiger's there, there was shadow. A, yeah, like, there was a couple years where he was back and forth. But he was always he was like a top player. He was a top player. So he's he's still one of the most yeah. recognizable faces because of that. Well, okay. If he was let, never let, a let top put, player, the number he, one. That's fine. I agree. John yeah. Rahm's another number one player in the world, and I'm pretty sure he's like 12th on sponsorships right now. So like, if we flip it that way, like no, he's not yeah, super marketable, and the, he's the number one player in the world. Like you know, that'd be like the saying, tough part. The tough part, I think, in disc golf is the player is going to – if whether you're, what you're saying is basically like the player isn't worth – like let's say we'll go with Calvin. Calvin – what you're saying yeah. is Calvin might not be worth the million dollars a year that Ricky and Paul got. Yeah. issue is will you be able to convince the player of that? Because well, the player now knows what other player people are getting. But if no one, if no one's willing well, to pay you, well, what's scary really is like, what if, you're, if all the companies don't pay him what he's wanting, then either he's got to not take something or take less. Like yeah. if they all, yeah. But that's what I think. I think. But and then if someone's dumb enough, not dumb enough, but makes that wrong decision to. I mean, NFL, like, now we're switching, like, to team, but this happens all the time where a team's desperate for a quarterback and overpays when no one else would be willing to pay for them. So, like, that situation would happen, but I just, I I think we're kind of, like, people are falling victim to, like, the best player has to get the best amount of money. Like, this, when when it's not a team sport, like, that isn't how it works. I think think UFC is also another individual sport. That's a good one of where... Some people are getting paid, like a Conor McGregor, for example. The amount of money he gets paid per fight, and this is before he even blew up. The amount of money he and was even getting. now when he's not at the top, he's going to yeah. be getting paid more than everybody. It's going to be interesting if someone from, like, I mean, Europe would probably be the easiest way, easiest uh, example right now because there are a lot of good players. But like, imagine someone from Asia, someone from a, a, a country that is a non-English speaking country comes over and tours and like has a really good season but doesn't speak english mm-hmm. like or like how, or if disc golf isn't big in their country it's not big in their country but they also can't like that is a huge like in the ufc like you watch players yeah. get so much more popular when they start learning how to speak english because when they go to press conferences and stuff they have to try to sell a fight Mm-hmm. And if they're having to go through a translator, it's not as great. You can't have like the same passion and stuff. It's going to be the same thing as like, I mean, how do I, how can I connect to someone if all their Instagram stories and all that stuff is just in a different language? That's what I'm saying. Like, Europe. Even though they might be the number one player in the world. Yeah. Well, that's why I like, think Europe, I think Asia is a better example in disc golf world than Europe, which you used Asia. Simply because Europe might be a bigger market than the U.S., it's, yep. it's mighty yeah. close, at least per capita, it's much bigger Yeah. to where like Europe, you might be able to speak Finnish and get by just fine because there's enough Finnish players. people. Yeah. Whereas Asia, like Jackie Chen, for instance, he's going to be playing the Las Vegas challenge. He won the tiny, uh, the Taiwan open. I think it was against a lot of good us players back in the day. It was his first tournament mm-hmm. popped off out of nowhere. Won it. Uh, I think he won it. it might come second. Um, he's coming over, but that's a great example of what you're saying is like, 
if there's nothing where he can't connect because conor mcgregor imagine if conor mcgregor didn't speak english he, mm-hmm. what made conor mcgregor electric was the like quick comebacks the mm-hmm. like insane yep. lines all of that but i think that once you go through a translator and stuff you lose that i think that's also what we were talking about with, like phil for example his personality and stuff you can throw him out of ev- in, in events you can throw him wherever and you know that you're going to be able to get a good product mm-hmm. some of these pros on disc golf in ufc in the pga tour and nfl and all these places some of these guys you're just not going to get the same value of them being at an event, being in a commercial, whatever it may be. Um, you know, you know, Chris Paul is another example, right? Like he's someone that you can just throw into any commercial. Shaq, throw into any commercial. Yeah. Where you know you don't really see someone like a Joel Embiid in commercials. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think there's reasons for that because just how they can be marketed and stuff. But. No, this is a good point, Mike, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what goes on, but we're going to switch to someone else now. Appreciate you joining yeah, in, Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks. Take care. All right, I think Jonathan was the next one. We'll add him in here. That's it. I mean, Mike brings some good points there. I do want to see a non-English speaking person. Where is Ricky person. Fowler Just, on that list? That'd be he's curious. high. He's That's probably top five. And when's the last time he won something? Uh, is this Jonathan? Jonathan, you hear hey, us? Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, got a question for you guys there about the tour coming up this year with you having your skins match with Scott Stokely in it. Mm -hmm. With him making his return with his success in the past, two parts. Where do you think his best finish is going to be at and what course do you think he has the best chance of winning at? It's gonna be. T- we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast. It's going to be difficult for him, I think, to even get into an event. I think he will probably get a couple I'm sure the disc golf pro tour has some exemptions that they can they can uh use I'm sure sponsor exemptions are also another one Who's a sponsor? Well I don't think he's sponsored by a big manufacturer. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, so I don't I think it's going to be a disc golf pro tour Where exemption. They it, yeah. yeah. And that's where it's like it's tough i mean i guess in a theoretical world of where he's like playing we could play the theoretical game where he's playing in every, playing every event, event. I don't, I don't know his game. I don't know his game either. So, so I I'll go. I'll go Masters Cup Silver Series because those are might be courses he played. He's played before. Yeah, I I I have no idea. What I, his yeah, game I'm. Is, I mean, so. I'm clueless when it comes. I've watched some of his videos and stuff, but it's tough to like watch a video and see how it's going to translate to a tour course. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. there's some players that just look incredible on video, film, or this is in every sport or practice players. But then you put them in a, a game time situation or on a tour course or whatever, and it might not it might not go well because I mean the tour courses nowadays are completely different than the tour courses Scott was tearing up back in the day. So it's just a uh, an interesting question of like, you know, what can he accomplish? He's obviously put in a ton of work this off season, but he's also still fifty two years old. Like, what can he accomplish at that level? And also, like Brody was saying, what events is he even going to be able to make it into? It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, so yeah, I don't even have an answer. I got yep. nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm clueless. That's a good right, question. Thank you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, let's see here. Who else has their hand raised? Uh, I saw a bunch of hands go up before. <clears throat> Mitch. Boom, Mitch. You should be added as a speaker. You might be muted. Well, um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, perfect. What you got? Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, University of Cincinnati, Discats, CT yeah. here. Um, <laughs> Do you know Ben Clark? 
I don't know Ben Clark. Dang I it. just started playing like this year. Um, it's okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I had a I had a question. So uh, I think you just muted him. Crap. Hold on. There we go. You're I'm back. Sorry, you're sorry. back. Sorry. <laughs> All right, you got yeah. a question. Go for um, it. So yeah, I had a question. What do you guys see as like the role of college disc golf in the growth of the sport right now? Or where do you see the um, sport kind of going in the next couple of years? I think college disc golf is going to be massive. Uh, I think that one of the big things that's holding it back is just the lack of coverage and, and notoriety right now. Part of it is, you know, where it, we don't really know where it fits into the sport quite yet. Uh, I would like to see it because like other sports, it's a pretty obvious path to the pro and it involves college most of the time. In disc golf, you don't really know like what advantage. That's where I'm going to disagree with you. Well, I think what advantage. Well, okay, go for it because I don't really know what I'm about to say. Well, okay. <laughs> I was going to well, say what advantage in disc I, golf right now other than you so, get a college education. So this is, I think this is where I disagree with you. And this is something that golf has a really hard time in as well as like having a big college um, following is because the sports like football, basketball, soccer, all these other kind of um, team sports, if you will, or sports that require more athleticism, I guess, it's very difficult for a 17 or 18-year-old to just go immediately from high school to the NFL. They need to develop a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and so they go into college. Disc golf, golf, you don't necessarily need that. We have seen already where we're at, obviously – you know, the level of play is going to get higher and higher, but we have seen already kids that are 15, 16, 17 competing with the best in the world. So that's where I think it's going to be difficult because it's going to be almost kind of like, uh, like when I watch like college gymnastics, for example, you're essentially, you're still watching people that are very, very talented, but if you're in college gymnastics, you're pretty much already past your prime essentially. Um, for females, that, it's true. Is that yeah. true? If you look at like the Olympic Olympic gymnastic uh, team, they're all like sub eighteen years old. Really? Wow. Size. You can look that up if you want. Maybe. I don't know anything. About I, I feel know. like that's. I feel like that's accurate. Like think about. This. But in disc golf, your prime's like. No, well, but, I guess it's not really. A, but my a my my prime. point is just like you're. There's a there's a product like college basketball, for example. In, in the NBA and college football and the NFL, obviously the product, like the NFL and the NBA, you're going to have everyone is going to be way better than in the college level, right? That, right, like, in the, okay, and like the means go. of getting oh. to that point is through college. Correct. Like, well, that's what I'm thinking. I think though. you're seeing when you're watching college in the NFL, or sorry, when you're watching college basketball and college football, you're watching the future of the NBA, the Correct. future of the NFL. You somewhat College do disc in- golf, if you're good enough to tour, you're going to tour. Yes and no. Because, A, right now, you could just go sign up. But pretty soon, you're not going to be able, actually, even this year, you're not going to be able to just go sign up for a tour. So if you're a player who you are guaranteed, you know 100%, if I go and I play the Silver Series, I'm going to be able to qualify, get my tour card, and then I'm good. And make money. And make money. Yeah, then that makes sense. But if you are sitting there and you're like, I think I'm good enough, it's what I want to do with my life, but I have a full-ride scholarship to go play college disc golf and get an education. I'm not saying everyone's going to do it, but I'm saying I think that's where college disc golf is going to have a problem because you're going to have kids that are good enough but that's what straight I'm saying. from I think- high school to go on tour. And so you're not going to have any of those... like. Obviously, you're going to have some kids that get really good while they're in college, but you're missing out on... 
you're, you're, you're going to miss out on all those. If all those kids that went from high school to the tour, for example, if all those kids played in college, it'd be incredible. And we've talked, people talk about this all the time about like if the, if the, uh, if college basketball says like you have to play all four years before you go to the NBA, I think it should be two teams. But yeah. Teams would be incredible. Like you would be seeing like March Madness would be insane. Right. And I think that's just, that's going to be a problem with college disc golf is because you go to college for your freshman year and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I'm good enough to go play and make money. Deuce is college and then you go. So like that's, well, that's where what I'm it's, saying. It's I think, tough, right? I think it's tough, but I think that there should be uh, some type of integration of like there is an, an advantage disc golf wise to go to college and play for where college. you give like tour cards, like maybe not tour cards, but maybe maybe the maybe the collegiate national champion gets a tour card for the next year or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you guys see like um, like potential sponsorships and things coming more into play with the growth of college disc golf? Like, if people go and they represent really well, they play really well at like college nationals, then maybe that is more of a way to get your foot in the door for a, like a larger stage. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, for myself, for example... I mean, I could see how college nationals could be like a big event. Yeah. I just don't think you're going to get people to pay attention to the entire season. It's going to be tough. It will be tough, but I think college nationals will be a bigger and bigger you event. Could, but you could make college nationals a big event. Sponsorship-wise, I mean, for example, where the sport's at currently, when I, I played at Liberty, when I was going through Liberty my senior year, I believe it was, our team got sponsored by Prodigy. And a, like, a part of that was if you wanted to go on and play professionally, if you were on the champ flight level, the top four players – you were immediately put onto Prodigy's like lower level pro team. Mm -hmm. So I had immediately out of college, I had the opportunity that I would not have had based on just my merit alone to get a um, get a contract where I had a bonus structure. I had all of that. It was around the time Foundation was starting, so I turned it down. But another one of my friends took it, and he's still on Team Prodigy and plays. And he's not a touring pro, but he plays professionally pretty regularly and gets the benefits from the bonus structure and stuff like that. When is the college season? It's so it runs from August till November range, and then there's about a month off because college takes a break, and then nationals is in April. So then it gets really heavy January to April. So yeah. that's and so like for us at UC, we don't really have much of a season. We pretty much just have our qualifying event mm-hmm. and then nationals. So yeah, and I think looking at it because obviously a lot of those months are going to cross over with the disc golf pro tour you're not going to get – it's going to be very difficult for you to ever get someone to pay attention to a college event over a disc golf I don't think coverage event. will ever be big, but I think people would start caring like – because like the next goal of college disc golf is they want to start – right now there's not really divisions. There's some, mm-hmm. but they want to start making it where the season has some structure. Because right now you go play and like, for instance, we were throwing the flamethrower every year. We had three qualifying spots. NC State would throw one. They had two qualifying spots. Seco yeah. had one qualifying spot. So you'd go, and if you placed high enough, you'd qualify for nationals, and that's your goal of the season, so your season could be over. We played three or four qualifiers regardless. Have a bunch of stuff Just so that in. we had more going on, but yeah. college nationals, college disc golf in general, what they want to do is make it where there's divisionals, regionals, then nationals, and it's a more structure mm-hmm. where you're in a division, the southeast division, northeast, whatever. You play one or two events to qualify for divisionals, then you go to divisionals, then you go to regionals, then you go to nationals. I think that's great because it gives that more storyline. Cool. That would be cool. To where you would, um, coverage of college disc golf will never be massive, massive ever. But I could see nationals being a decently yes. watched event. But I could definitely see fans pick up of like, like if Duke had a college disc golf team, and I'm a diehard Duke fan, and I'm also a big golf disc golf fan. I could see be like, oh, 
Duke is in the divisional championship. It's the, whole, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as March Madness, right? Like yeah. there's so many people that don't pay attention to college basketball at all. But it and gets then to March, March Madness. March comes around and everyone's paying attention. So and that's the other thing is college disc golf has a great format. If they could it, do that, that, give, that yeah, would be smart. It gives smart. you a taste of a. It's a different taste of disc golf because it does make it more team style. Mm-hmm. I love the collegiate disc golf format as it is right now. Because it takes the weight off of single play. There's still a single national champion, but that doesn't correlate to team play that much because they average the four scores. So it makes it like a team sport. Mm-hmm. So it just switches up the feel. So like I think that the casual disc golf fan or someone who is a diehard fan enough to watch college nationals, if the, if the sport was explained a bit more, the collegiate na- double side... I think people would really love it because there is like well, team you root for the team is, yeah. aspect more so than just picking one player. Yeah. And I think that that's something that people could really get behind, but there's a lot of hurdles that they have to jump to get there. For sure. All right, Mitch, yeah. that was a good one. We talked about that one for a while. Yeah, appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, watch out for those discats this year. Hey. Yeah. There we go. All right, Tyler. <laughs> take it easy, man. Tyler, you're on. What's up, man? Yo, what's up, guys? Um, yo, I... Uh, I just want to get you guys' opinion on this, but I I really think uh, Gavin Rathbun is going to win an Elite Series this year. What do you guys got to say about that? I mean, he's definitely got the talent. Only questionable thing is, isn't he still kind of recovering from an injury? I think it was like a wrist injury, too. Right. So he had surgery, um, but um, as far as I know, he's going to play as much as he can. But I don't know. I think that he has the talent and like sleeper talent, I guess. To come from behind and win a, a major event, like kind of like how Mason Ford did mm-hmm. with MCO, you know, like. Yeah, I think I, I've played with him. I think it's easy to, at this point in time, it's pretty easy to make the distinction between a player that has a, the ability of winning a big event and someone that just doesn't have the ability. Because again, there's starting to get so many players that are good now. You can't just show up and hope that the three best players don't play well because there's 15, 17, 20 other guys right underneath them that will just fill that void. I think he's in that category. I think he's in the category. Um, and I think we're going to eventually, I've, I keep saying this, we're going to eventually get to the point where um, we're not going to be talking about certain players like being always in contention or if they're not in contention, they had a bad tournament. Yeah, it won't like, be a storyline if we're, we're, Eagle finishes outside the top 15 or Rick yeah. or Paul or whoever. Like We're getting closer and closer to that of where the, like exactly what you said. Like People won't be talking about, oh, they had a bad tournament because it's going to be at the point of where it's just like there's so many people that have good tournaments. Like yeah. So many people play so well that if you just don't play to your top ability, you're not going to win. So yeah, I definitely think Gavin's in there. Would I be surprised for him to win? No, not at all. Sweet. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, Appreciate take it, it easy. All right, a couple more calls here. A couple more calls. Uh, Jason's been chilling for a bit. Jason, what you got, man? Hey, so is it all right if I bring up a question that's non-disc golf related? Yeah. Or a debate, I guess. We, we mix right, it up so, every once in a while. Yeah, if it's a debate, we love it. All right, yeah. So I guess, I mean, I know you were watching the uh, Bills and Chiefs game this Sunday, mm-hmm. and I know that this topic gets brought up a lot about, like, overtime situations and stuff like that. But I guess I'm just curious if, to get your guys' opinions on it and what um, like I think could possibly get done is something related to where, because like, in that situation, like both of those offenses were firing on all cylinders. Like, like pre- either team 
that got that coin toss was probably going to go down and score the touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I think that you could possibly have it where, like, if they get that touchdown, like, your, like, rebuttal, basically, is you have to go back and, like, get that touchdown again. And if you can't, then, like, it doesn't go off. But, like, I mean, could you imagine just, like, them, like, Chiefs and Bills, like, just going, like, six drives in a row where they each get a touchdown, each get a touchdown, and then, like, eventually one play, like, just, like, leads to a, like despair of the team and stuff like that so like i just was curious on your guys' opinion I on think, that yeah i think it's during the regular season who cares i it's not a it's not a huge huge deal but when you're talking about playoffs and you're like two teams realistically i think the bills chiefs game was a super bowl game personally that's what kelsey said uh, i think i think i mean i think either one of those teams whoever game came out of incredible. it is winning the super bowl i've seen so many people say like it should become a best of seven series oh, okay geez. well it's not that because football you can't oh, no, do best of seven best. <laughs> no he's saying those two teams oh oh there you yeah, go yeah. Uh, yeah i could watch those two teams play all but the time. playoff you got to do something different because like what you just said make it where the Chiefs score bills you have one drive if you don't score a touchdown game's over chiefs won but at least give them a chance like the fact that Josh Allen played essentially a perfect game, especially down the stretch, and lost that game without touching the ball in overtime, is ridiculous. I just I hate. Or you know, on part of my take, they had a um a, a decent take of like at least the loser of the coin flip let them just hold the ball for a second, so then you can't say that Josh Allen lost without touching That's the funny. ball. Like at least, but realistically, make it where that you get a rebuttal regardless of what the score was, and you just you have to match or. You, if you don't match, game over. If you do match, it goes back to the Chiefs. See what they can do back and yeah. forth. I think for me, just as a you know, I think you can look at it two different ways. As a fan, I want to see more football, and um, I think obviously if they changed it to something, whether what you're t- kind of talking about, where it's like a rebuttal situation, or if they're just like, hey, we're going to play another quarter, ten minutes on the clock, kick off and and go and see where it's at at the end. It just felt like, again, it's the rules, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that game will probably make the NFL have to change something. I mean, um, I, know, I know I saw something where Kansas City, when they lost to the Patriots with they the same it up to the type owners. of ruling, yeah. they like, requested to switch it years ago, and it, nothing ever came of it. Yeah. So. I'm, hoping, I'm hoping it'll change eventually. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but I just think as a fan, that game was so insane the last – what four minutes? Minute 50, well, I minute think, fifty-two. I think they scored, like, think they scored like thirty-five combined points. In yeah, the last, it was like, nuts. Three minutes of the and game so, or something like that. And so, like the last thing I want to see is that game to end. And so, if there was a way of where it's like, all right, if there was a way of where we just literally saw those two quarterbacks go head to head, back and forth until someone messed up, I mean, that would have been such a cool way of ending it. Where it I know because I think they both had more. Inter- or more touchdowns than incompletions. Like both quarterbacks the yeah. entire game. I mean, had they, more were playing, they were playing. They were playing so yeah. so well. So I just like, hate, as a yeah. fan, like there's certain games that get into overtime and it's just like, all right, whatever. Like in that game where both offenses were just running and the defenses couldn't do anything about it. And also, too, I think it makes it to where um, it would have been really cool to see if the Bills did get the ball. If the Chiefs, if someone on the Chiefs just all of a sudden had an incredible play, yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. And it's like, took it away from them, then it's like, yeah, oh know, wow, you can't say anything. And I'm a Bills then. fan, yeah. and I would have been completely okay if, like, yeah, Josh Allen, like second two plays in, throws an interception. It's like 
yeah, he threw an interception. Like he lost the game. Like it sucks but, that like yeah. the most important play of that game was the coin toss for overtime. I think I yeah. saw something too that he was nine and zero in coin toss calls <sighs> coming into that. That's game. brutal. I mean. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. I think Trevor said that the stat is like if you in an overtime game, if you win the coin toss, you have a 70% chance of victory at that point. My thing is, in the playoff alone, again, regular season, I don't care. Who cares if it ends in a tie or whatever ends up happening. But in a playoff game where it's win or go home, what's the harm in having just one more drive to see if they can rebuttal? Like what is that? What's the harm in that? And then maybe yeah, down the line you oh, eventually sorry. get to a, a maybe down the line you eventually get to some other thing so it doesn't go on all night. But realistically, someone's going to mess up eventually. Well, I mean, you, you or do, the defense you, is going to make a play. You do the college football where it's like two point conversion type of thing. But uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I mean, that was one of the crazier. I mean, this this past weekend was one of the best weekends. It was incredible. I mean, yeah, I thought they were going to complete the lower seed sweep of all the high seed teams, but yeah. they didn't. They didn't come through on that. So yeah, it was close. Maybe next year. <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate you calling in. Yep. Thank you. Love all your guys' contents. Keep up the good work. Thank you. All right. If you have something that you disagree with me or Hunter on, raise your hand. Why doesn't the NFL just do one more period? Well, issue with one more period First is off, then it's tied again. It's a quarter. But quarter. like end of the quarter. <laughs> but yes. I, I, but then what I happens don't... if you're tied again after 10 minutes? Football's grueling. So I don't think you want to go yeah. a whole nother quarter. Because then, because then what happens when you're tied? Because what, what, what college football does is they, they do it from, I think, like the 25. I think Steven must really disagree with us on something. Okay, He's Steven raising does. his hand every like five um, seconds. To answer your question, I think it's literally just in, injury prevention is what I would probably say they, the, the answer is. But I agree with you. I would love to see like 10 more minutes. I would love to see Interesting. It. All right, Steven, what you got? Steven. Okay, Brody, I really tried hard to think of a topic because you always say on these you want people who disagree. So I tried to think of something. All right, Hunter, I did look at your and Trevor's list for the top 20. Yeah. And I noticed someone who I think is unfairly snubbed here. It's a debate, but I think unfairly snubbed. Um, I noticed you put Gavin and your guys' boy Gannon on the list, but you snubbed Anthony. You snubbed A.B., and I think Anthony Barella could easily be, of those three, the best this year. Um, I know, Hunter, you may disagree. I'm hoping because you didn't put him on your top 20. Brody, I don't know your opinions on him, uh, but I, I think Anthony is better than Gannon and Gavin. I don't think he's better than Gannon. I do think he's better than Gavin. I didn't put him on my list because he hasn't toured yet, and so I didn't think he was touring this year. So he didn't even. Does he just play West Coast? Is that what you're implying then? Typically he does. Well, he's, he's a college okay. student, so you know he normally can't play early. And then he normally can't play late season, uh, but I'm pretty he when he played like 26 events. I think he played like three more than Gavin. I just checked on PDGA last year. Well, but the amount of I, like I'm talking elite series like on the pro tour because that's Fair. where that's where I'm thinking is like if you win anything, every anything outside, yeah anything outside the tour anything outside the pro tour really doesn't count. If you win every A tier and you end up in the top 10 world rankings, it's kind of f- fake news cuz like this you haven't proved I hope it. they don't. I hope the world rankings doesn't It does update because you it if updates you showed up, and stuff. Well, if you showed up and I play an event and we both played and we were both on the world rankings and I beat you my whatever the index goes up. Mm, I would love to see the world rankings literally just be for the actual pro tour events. Well, then it's just right. pro tour points. So, but regardless, so if AB fully tours, I agree with you. 
I mean, I'm checking. I mean, I don't know exactly what is considered full. I'm literally looking at 2021 and what tournaments they played. He was in most of the GGPT events. I'm seeing Las Vegas, Waco. I I, I double-checked him and Gavin's in numbers and counted. I mean, it's almost the same number. I mean, I don't know if like the Silver Series you guys are counting, but Yikes. like it's not like for then, example, then, maybe, then I gotta flip it. And AB had six. I'm counting like there's like at least ten for AB. All right, then I flip it. Then Gavin's a better player. If AB played that many and I didn't know, then that's not a good look. <laughs> I gotta I gotta right, put it to you straight. Is, I think AB can win more Elite Series. So is I that think, what you yeah. would say? Would you be willing to say I think Gavin and both Gavin and Gannon, you Hunter, would you agree that both of them? individually will win more elite series or be higher placed overall than AB. Gannon Burr, yes. Gavin's okay. a wild Are you card. Are to say Gavin? Gavin's a wild card because if his wrist if he's back 100% from his wrist surgery, he put together a pretty decent run of events in the middle of the season. True. When AB didn't. So if he's back, yeah. If not, I mean, AB's got the talent to be eagle, realistically, and the, the yes. throw style. He just hasn't done it yet. So I hope he proves me wrong. I am a diehard AB fan, not as much as Trevor, but Gavin we'll see. and AB's game are actually very similar. Yes, they they actually have very similar. The both, top, they both have power backhands, power forehands. The top game when they're playing, a better approach uh, player who who throws better like inside the circle from their second shot. Do you think Brody? Probably Gavin. Okay, I mean, yeah, okay. I would say Gavin's the better putter. Overall, like over over the course of the of the season, but when AB's putting is hot, right, he's, he's up there with everyone else. Like he okay. he he doesn't skip a beat. I would just say Gavin's probably a more consistent putter. But again, both these guys super young dudes, and so it's it's gonna be you know it's gonna be. And again, I, I'll keep saying it. Money motivates people like nothing else. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're sitting at home eating your ice cream in the off season and you start seeing people making hundred thousand dollar contract deals. You might not be sitting at home eating ice cream on the off season anymore. So everyone might have their idea of like, Oh, this is who this person is. And all of a sudden the, this tour starts this year and we're like, what the heck is going on? Cause we don't know what people have been doing this off season. That's what, People, I'm pros excited been, to see. Pros have been a lot quieter this offseason when it comes to like working out and stuff than previous seasons. Which, right, remember the Paul Macbeth basketball shot video? Yeah, yeah. Well, well Paul's, Paul, <laughs> I'm not specifically talking about that, but I'm saying like past, like last season and previous seasons, I felt like I saw a lot more pros posting about working out. And now right. that I'm not seeing it, I feel like it's more likely actually happening. I could be wrong there. I just feel like if you're someone who goes to the gym every day, you're not posting a gym selfie every time you go. I post a gym selfie every time I go. Then okay. my question, do you actually go to the I'm gym? I'm yoked. So I, mean, so I guess I just want to make sure. I want to hold you guys to positions. Just, no, just right. for fun, of course. Yeah, no, like, sure. I will check back in in a couple weeks into the it. season, months into the season. Yeah. So Hunter, are you willing to commit that you think he either... He wants a soundbite. Can you, can you pick Gavin, <laughs> even though you're worried about his shoulder? Can sure. you commit to that? You know what? Okay. I haven't seen it from AB. I'll commit to Gavin and Gannon both being better than AB this He's season. He's getting that soundbite. There you go. Okay. I am saying AB will win more. Um, I think he'll win his first, and I'll even you think he's gonna win out there. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You think he's gonna win? Sorry, I was just yes. asking you a question. Okay. Yes, I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna win an event. We'll, we'll see how long it takes. And is my hot AB's take I'll brother? leave you guys with is this is I AB. We're talking AB. Will... Oh. Go, ahead, go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, I just said we're talking AB. I was joking. Go for it. Okay. No, I'm. I think AB will win an elite series event before Calvin does. Oh, okay. 
Because uh, Calvin, unfortunately, <laughs> he couldn't close the deal. I think AB will win one before. All okay. right. That's I love it. That's pretty much it, guys. Heck I'll yeah. right back in. Hey, appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll get a check-in with you a few weeks into the season. All right. Sounds good. Take it easy. All right. Anyone else still on have a debate? That was good. I mean, he was he was giving it. He wanted that sound bite real bad. Yeah. He I can't. coming after that sound I felt bite. like like when a telemarketer wants you to say yes on the phone. <laughs> like I was like, I don't want to say. How do I? What is going on? Anyone that's requested, do you guys have a debate? Raise your hand. If it's just a question, we're going to... Okay, while he's looking for another one, Hunter yeah. and Brody, mainly Brody, actually. Ooh. Uh, the NFL, okay, Tom. back to back to the qu- quarter thing, period, quarter. The What about hockey? Hockey does a full another period. And it's pretty physical. And it's, it's not as more, demanding. There's a lot probably, more rotations. Whoa, what? It's football? You don't think hockey is more... There's less uh, space to cover. Less physical than... There's less space to cover. It's, I said physically demanding. Interesting. I think I think hockey's less physically demanding than football. Yeah, I do. I don't know enough about hockey. I've never played it, so I, it's hard for I me to I just feel say. like when you're on a I bigger think that's a, field, all right. you got to run far. I mean, there's less all hitting. Right, man. There's definitely less physical contact between players, but I, I still think it's pretty demanding on it the is, body. It is, but sure. I think... All right, I think, we're going to like Tom. All right, more. Tom, finish us off. What did you got? Yo, yo, so here it is. What I think... You guys tell me if you agree or not, but I think that there is no such thing as a sandbagger. There's only such a thing as an ineffective tournament director. And here's why. I hear all the time about people who are, you know, hanging out at the top of their their class, their division, and they're just winning tournament after tournament after tournament. A, that's not going to happen if the rating system works, because to win any division, you have to shoot over typically or close to the highest allowed rating for that division so if you're winning and winning and winning there's no way that you're gonna be able to stay in a rating that allows you to play in that division two i see kind of in my area and probably a lot of other areas too where you have you know essentially tournament directors creating open divisions making divisions available for registration from the top down so you got pro, MA1, MA2, MA3, and a lot of times not even MA3, at least where I'm from. Um, but what that causes is what I think is kind of just inflation with with uh, tournament sign-up. So you might have someone who wants to start playing, but they're only 830 rated. And, you know, by the book, they should be playing uh, not what novice, right? 849 below. Mm-hmm. But because they only let, you know, they only have MA2, maybe MA3, they're signing up for you know MA3 or MA2, and you have all these kind of low-rated players who don't really have a division that's you know out for them um, now playing in these higher divisions. And so, where someone is a eight eighty-five rated player, you know, signing up for their division MA3, they then get called a sandbagger because they're playing against you know half of a field that's maybe eight forty or below. Yeah. Right. Just because that's the lowest division available. So, so for what I what I think is that, you know, tournament directors, you have those divisions that start all the way back at novice for uh, uh, like mixed, or if you just want to go to the actual you know colored ratings based divisions, you can get all the way down to what purple, which is one below novice. And so, what I think is that really the issue is that tournament directors just aren't making available the divisions that need to be made available for their local tournament. Well, 
Yes and no. So I, first off, I don't think there's such thing as a sandbagger. Well, there's you can call people sandbaggers, but right now a lot of times it's used in like the connotation of like you're cheating or something like in that long that's that route. At least in any time I've heard people call other people sandbagger, it's a very negative thing of like you shouldn't be in this division, move up already type thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't think that exists because if you're playing within the rules and you're in a division that you're allowed to be in and you win it week in and week out and that's what you're happy doing, then no one can say anything to you because you're not cheating. You're playing in your rule and you're doing it. Uh, in this area, that's nev- very rarely is MA4 or FA4, the novice level, offered, but MA3 is always offered and it's always uh, I mean, pretty full. But I never really hear of like MA3 baggers per se. The main thing I hear it is in MA2. That's where I hear most people complaining. Always. Is the person who won't go up from MA2 to MA1. MA3, most people are in there just to have a good time. And like if you win, it's it's great. Uh, And I think that also, I guess this somewhat plays to your point. When I'm doing tournament purses and stuff, I make them increasingly cutthroat. So MPO is the highest drop off from first to second to third and so on. Whereas MA3 is the most like, because these are people just getting into the sport, just want to, you know, have, have fun. Year, yeah. So the from winner to second, there's not a big drop off because it's more of a like, you're here, have fun. So yeah, I guess, I guess in somewhat I agree with you, but I definitely, I definitely think that there's, there shouldn't really be a negative thing of sandbagging. Yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess what I see a lot is that, you know, like, a lot of tournament directors want to kind of fill from that top down thinking that like the ultimate goal is to have this like really prestigious, you know, pro tournament that they can build their tournament up and up and up and make it, you know, B tier, A tier, you know, whatever tier. Mm -hmm. When reality, it's like, well, you might not even have that many pros in your area and you might be in an area where there's already a bunch of tournaments that are fighting for that kind of top tournament spot. Yeah. And so like, what's really your goal as a tournament director? Is it to, you know, get people the most excited about your tournament? Because if that's the case, the vast majority of players, especially with this new influx of, of people coming in the last couple of years are going to be brand new players. It's like, you might, you maybe should just start, you know, with MA4 and move up from there, depending on who all you have. No, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Area. And, it, I, I, and I guess that's what I think really contributes to some of that problem where, you know, you got, you got people saying, you know, this guy, this guy shouldn't be playing MA2. He's, <laughs> he's 890. It's like, well, you know, he's 10 points below his, you know, the rating cap for that division. But that's all I got to say. Yeah, Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, Tom. Right, I appreciate it, Tom. All right, we got, uh, we got Ben just jumping in here at the end. Ben, can you hear us? I think you have to unmute your mic. Yes. I, uh, my, yeah, I just got out of my uh, wrestling practices. Sorry I'm late. Uh, a few parents kept me afterwards. What's up, guys? It's all good. How you doing, man? Uh, everything's good. It's cold as shit in Wisconsin, so I haven't played disc golf in, I don't know, a month or so, unfortunately. Did you guys, Have you guys got any snow up there? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say your course probably doesn't do too well in the snow with all the elevation changes, huh? Uh, no, I, you know what? I've always taken disc golf. Disc golf is my hobby, not my job. So, you know, if it's snowy and stuff, I just got kind of passed till it gets a little nicer out. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I've created a, a decent indoor training facility in my basement that has made it to go. where I'm not going insane, but it's not, it's obviously not as, not the same, um, as throwing outside, but um, I did want to, one of the reasons why I asked for you to jump on here is I did want to get your take on something that I think you've done an extremely well job of, 
which is yeah. which is basically marketing yourself on social media and yeah. allowing allowing because of your marketing i feel like it has given you a lot of opportunities in your career now obviously you did back that up um with your actual on uh I don't, what would you say on mat performance? Would you? I don't even know how. Mat, yeah, cage, whatever. Yeah, yeah, accolades. Yeah, sure. you you backed it up there, but I do think, and you know, I think a lot of your popular popularity coming over to the UFC as well was how you were able to market yourself on social media. So one of the things we talked about tonight is there are some players that in disc golf that are now seeing more money coming into disc golf and now they're saying like hey i need to make an emphasis on posting more doing more tweeting more uh yeah doing that side of things and you're also starting to see some players that are paying third parties to come in and to run their social media for them smart and i wanted to see what your take is on that on on mainly because mainly the do you think having someone else like would you ever have someone else run your social media accounts uh i would not but if i had a personality of a wet paper bag i probably would so uh (laughs) i see where it could be necessary but i have you know i've had people consult uh me before i guess you know it was about the awa social media uh-huh. but just kind of tick tricks and tips and when i was at one championship um i would just go grill their social media guy on all kinds of questions and thoughts i had you know like hey what about this what about that and so you know just like anything if you get a coach i think it's good for you so you know maybe someone doing a hundred percent um, maybe not ideal, but yeah. I definitely think there's room and place for, you know, I don't know, you know consultants, advisors, um, you know, con- some of these guys are signing million dollar contracts. So honestly, they could put entire film teams around them and it may long term, right? If, they're, if their career is 20 years long term, it may be significantly beneficial to their, you know, what they can make five, 10 years down the road. Yeah, I think I think when I initially said it, like what's happening, I think is some players are are giving their social media to someone else and they're not involved at all. Where you're saying what? you're saying find someone that knows how to do social media well and like ask yeah. for advice, get input yeah. on what you should do. Because my big thing that I worry about, or something that I've always told other social media influencers and all that stuff is the last thing you want to do is lose your voice. The last thing you want to do is have like this disconnect between you and your fans of where, you know, I'm sure you have seen it in other sports where athletes are like posting stuff on Instagram or tweeting stuff. And you're like, there's no way that guy talks like that. Uh, Right. And you, and you know that it's, it's coming from their manager. I I mean, I guess I don't know anyone who I've ever dealt with who has someone else do all of their social media. I know people who have help. Mm-hmm. Um, and even sometimes like, uh, I when like I'm coaching. I'm like, Hey Amy, I can't tweet. Here's a, here's a couple things I might say about this event. Can you do that? Or, gotcha. uh, 
Rachel, you met Rachel, who's helped me out with stuff. She's posted a bunch of shit for me. Yeah. But it's like, hey, here's what I want posted. Can you please do that? You know, that's and what you're saying. Right? I, she yeah. has the freedom to make up the caption, but she has a general idea of what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, man, I feel like if someone was having someone else do it, it would be so obvious that it was not them, and then that person would just get roasted incessantly um, because everyone knows that it's not them. Um, and then it would become more of a negative than a positive for that person. I don't think I've ever seen – I can't think of anyone in MMA um, who has someone else do all of their stuff. I think, you know, like obviously everyone, everyone jokes that Ali Abdel Aziz does a whole bunch of his uh, yeah. client stuff. Uh, and, you know, sometimes they joke, oh, Ali, did you change, you know, did you change to the wrong account or whatever. Um, but I can't think of anyone who has someone else do it totally for them. Because I think that's too where it's it's it makes it most noticeable as well is if you have something like disc golf that is niche and very small, probably yeah. probably similar to like the wrestling kind of community, right? Where it's not as yeah. I mean, but even the wrestling community dwar- uh, dwarfs disc golf as far as like I mean, wrestling massive. is massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. To where it's going to be very obvious that like a company has four different clients and they're all posting pretty much the same Instagram posts with captions yes. that are very similar and stuff. I, 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 my, my thought, and I wanted to talk to you as, you know, another professional athlete of like, if I could yeah. give advice to someone, I would say it's better to, to have quality and like put a little bit of effort into your own posts than going to someone that's going to be able to post seven times more than you can, but you lose yes. that, that fan player kind of relationship of where someone's like, uh, Hunter kind of made a good point. He said it's it's almost kind of like a fan account, like oh yeah, of where yeah, sure sure of where like the engagement in a fan account is way different than the engagement on a professional athlete's account that you know they're posting about. Yeah, I so I don't really I don't really like uh, or fan or follow accounts that kind of like spam posts where they just post a crap ton. And I so one of the ways I think about it. And now, to be fair, I use mostly Twitter because I enjoy the the banter and mm-hmm. I find it more intellectual than uh, Instagram. And I do not post a lot on Instagram because I just don't I don't like it all that much. Um, but good was sort of like there's stuff I want to talk about, so I just go on Twitter and I talk about it. Like mm-hmm. you know, any everyone has things they're interested in, so just talk about things you're interested in. I feel like it's. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty simple. So yeah, those guys who are uh, not doing anything or farming out completely. Um, yeah, I, I would obviously advise against that. I think it would come back to be a, a big negative for them. How much? Uh, how much planning did you do in in your social media? Did you have strategy going into promoting a flat fight, or were you more just like? you came up with an idea, let's go out and film it, or you came up with yes. something funny, let's go tweet it. You're yep. more kind of well, more organic, that. authentic, kind of right as it came on your head? Yeah, mostly authentic. I mean, obviously, if there was uh, you know, if there was something that I thought of that didn't necessarily go at that time and place, then you could you know, save it for when it when fits more properly. Um yeah, but a lot of it's just kind of in the moment, whatever's going on, tweet about it or, you know, whenever whenever it comes up. Yeah. Uh, are you going to be at any events this year? Can we see? Uh, I, I see. need to make some. I have not put my schedule together. I was thinking the Ledgestone's pretty close, so maybe um, maybe that one would be a good one to go to. Um, 
Yeah, what else? I don't. I I, I need to, I need to get down and because I'm hosting. Hey, I'm hosting the uh, pro am again. The Heck yeah. pro am. Oh so yeah. Pumped. Nice. We'll have to have uh, we'll have to have Hunter and Trevor come and have you play with uh, maybe one of your. Uh, I'm trying to think who would be a good partner for Ben to where you we do like a Bowie Bro battle. Oh heck, yeah. we'll just let him pick. Yeah, at his home course. Yeah, yeah that'd be a ton of fun. It'd be really fun. Yeah, uh, I'm so pumped for that. That was like for me. Um, I don't want to say it was like a highlight of my year. I mean that that thing was so much fun. Everyone was happy to be there. Everyone had a great time. Um, it it was just really just a really awesome event and kind of like a little bit my dream coming to fruition of me. I'm gonna build this awesome disc golf course on my property and then I actually go and build it and then I get a bunch of the top pros and a bunch of celebrities to show up like it was the most badass thing ever yeah I think too that event also opened the door for possible other events in the future you know like I think showing what is what's possible and then my thing something that I want to have happen too is I would love to have pro-am pro-am events at tournaments so yeah um, like have like, you know, 20 or 30 people be able to sign up and then they get split up and play with nine holes with, uh, Calvin Heimberg on the front nine and Eagle McMahon on the back nine and, and create those kind of experiences for some people too, at some of these events. And I think, yeah. you, I think your pro pro am event at your course, I think that opened up the possibility of the disc golf pro tour, especially, uh, getting involved in some more things like that where you can bring in uh, fans and stuff. So um, I hope so. That was yeah. so much fun. It was sweet. <laughs> uh, Silas, Hunter, you guys have anything for Ben? No, I don't think so. I think you covered it with nope. all the social media no thoughts. Stuff. All right. Well, hopefully it gets warmer up there, man. I'm I'm struggling. Hopefully. I'm struggling too down here in the cold. Um, I'm I'm ready. Well, you guys I'm, got season starting pretty soon, right? Yeah, it's like a month away. The first tournament's in Vegas, a month yeah. away. So I'm probably gonna make a couple of trips down to Florida and stuff to try to get some warm weather in. But yeah, so. nice. All right, man. Always good. Awesome, always good man. talking Thanks to you. On. Have a great day. All right, take care, bud. Peace. All right, that was that was good to that was. I was very curious to see what he was gonna say about that because he is someone that has done such a good job of creating hype yeah. for himself around uh, these events. And, like, that's – like, you don't really have – obviously, the UFC and he was in one championship as well. Like, obviously, they're going to do their own kind of hype and stuff. Uh-huh. But you have to get to that point. Yeah. And I think when you're a fighter – a lot of times you have to kind of create your own hype and get people mm-hmm. to want to watch you fight. No, for sure. And I feel like he's done a great job well, I think of that. The so. biggest thing I liked that he was talking about was he, you could tell like Twitter is what feels natural to him and what he likes. And he so he stays in his then. lane. Yeah. Cause like, I think as soon as you hear social media, people immediately think YouTube and got to be on everything. Yeah. And I also got to be in front of the camera doing stuff. Whereas it sounded like to me, he kind of started on Twitter mm-hmm. for, and just focused on just like, cause that's where my biggest following, I used to hate Twitter. My biggest following is now on Twitter simply because it's the same thing. Twitter can be very easy if you just like talking back and forth with people. Because mm-hmm. you go on and you pop in, you can just go on and search disc golf, find random threads, pop in, especially if you're a pro. If you're a random disc golfer tweeting about a tournament and Calvin Heinberg responds to you, that makes your day mm-hmm. right there. And that builds your brand to where it just starts becoming naturally. And then once you have that Twitter following, other social media starts feeling less awkward. 
Because like being in front of a camera when I first started felt awkward. But once you know there's people watching you, like this doesn't feel awkward anymore being on a podcast. Yeah. When you do a podcast and there's no one behind the camera, it feels awkward. And I think that's that barrier. So it might be something where some pros like Twitter better. Other pros are like, no, Twitter's toxic. I hate it. I'm an Instagram person. Other people might like Facebook. Other people might be writing a blog just talking about what it's like being on the road. That's still that's still media. Yeah. Uh, and all that can can play in. I think, too, we all have to remember as busy as we want to say we are, right? And you might be really, really busy. You might be really, really busy. We all have to use the restroom every once in a while. That's enough time to tweet. Some, I wouldn't recommend an Instagram some, story. Sometimes, but no, but tw- <laughs> no, yeah. Sorry, certain. Tw- tw- I'm talking about Twitter platform. <laughs> some of your best tweets can come from the restroom. Yeah. So as busy as you want to say you are, there's always time. You're standing in line at Chipotle. There's always time. So all right, we're gonna end this uh, Twitter Spaces here. Thanks everyone for joining Twitter Spaces. Um, and hey, man, that was one heck of a podcast tonight. Yeah, a good show. Ever, I feel like ever since Silas, I said, ever since I wanted to cancel the podcast for the off season. Could you imagine if what we are you actually? Thinking, man? Could you imagine if we actually? We would have never let it? that happen. But ever happen. ever since I said that, like consistency oh, man. is key. There's been a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, but when it comes oh, to yeah. podcasts, you got to be here every week because something's going to happen, and you're going to be kicking yourself that we didn't have the show. And I do feel too that our our questions versus debate topics they're shifting a little bit like people we, are getting it we were 100% zero and now we're like 90 10% we're slowly moving up to where people are actually starting calling to get in. there people are calling in debate us we still i like the anthony barella guy the i anthony, hope he i hope he call, i think his name was steven that was a good debate steven I'm, i like that. i hope you pop back on a twitter space midway through the season and yeah. we can see we can see if i look like a fool or i did you see you didn't even take a take but i guess it's different for you you're in a weird spot sometimes with pro. I'm in a very, very weird spot. I'll like, tell you this much. This podcast, as soon as I retire, is going... Loo, 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 loo. Yeah. Because then I'm just... I, I have no... like Right now, I still have to kind of hold back on you're some in, of my stuff. You're in the typical disc golf media space. Yeah, where I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But, because I, but I do say stuff more. You do, you do but I I'm still saying, come out I'm saying say what you're feeling stuff. there is like Smashbox, for instance, great pioneers for disc golf media. Issue they had up front and they've gotten better as the time has gone on issue they had up front they were also the live coverage team and stuff mm-hmm. like that to where they needed that relationship with pros if you went on and blasted a pro it might hurt where you know they might not want to come on your podcast for an interview or do x yeah. y or z to where the farther and farther like foundation we have no interest in coverage pretty much the only thing that could hurt us pro relationship wise is if we ever were, wanted to sponsor them realistically yeah pretty and much so, and if if someone that you know at the end of the day if there's someone that can't take uh, critique from us from yeah. whatever we're saying we probably wouldn't be a good fit to sponsor them. No, yeah, yeah. Which and is, we're not saying we're just gonna bash people to bash people. I'm saying like if I say someone no, sucked at fair. putting a tournament, I don't feel bad saying it because like if they suck at putting a tournament, money. they suck the putting in a tournament. Yeah, well, I'm not like I don't well, you have. Gotta be, um, I'm not best friends with the players. So yeah. if they suck at putting, they suck at putting. It is what it is. I think too with more media coming out like. There is there is a shift, right? There's a shift happening in disc golf media right now where what you just mentioned, the old school kind of disc golf media was like buddy-buddy, don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, won't ever say anything controversial, won't ever say anything that might uh, lead to someone not liking me. And what ends up happening is like it's just bland because you're like you're missing out on a lot of stories that you could be talking about. 
And I think we're going to slowly start seeing a shift of where nothing's, nothing's really off limits. Like if someone did suck at putting, they sucked at putting. If someone uh, blatantly cheated, uh, you should call them out that they blatantly cheated. Like there shouldn't be any worry of like, oh, no, this person is going to block me on Twitter. Well, that one wasn't even that bad. I just I thought Paige had a better season. I can't I, wait till someone stand block. By I can't wait till someone blocks Silas. No, dude, they're not going to. Drew's going to block Silas. I'm a text Drew no right way. now and say, "Hey, block Silas on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Start Twitter beef with Silas, Drew." No, oh, I will say a lot of people in the chat were agreeing with me that hockey is actually more physical than uh, the. Oh well, yeah, and hockey football. players. Do, I just you think feel everyone, you think a bunch of people in our chat are hockey players. I think there's a lot more hockey. I'm players just saying, than you think. man. I'm just saying. Hockey's one of the major sports. I just I will say this: there are two sports that after I after I play them, I am extremely sore from. One's not, I'm not even actually playing it. Ice skating. When I go ice skating after ice skating for like 15, it 30 uses minutes, different muscles. I'm extremely sore. Bowling after I bowl, but both of those are using muscles that you're not used sore. to. If you trained as a bowler, I'll, and if you trained as an ice skater, all I'm saying facts is my life. if you just hockey and football are similar. Actually, hockey and soccer are more similar almost. But hockey and football are similar because if you combine like the physicality of football into like soccer, but then you just take the rink and make it massive. Like you have to cover more ground in football. Yes, but there, it's That's not more a constant physically demanding. play. It's the not constant, a constant the play. The constant thing might be it. Because but there's a lot more constantly happening in hockey too. Yeah, but I think there's like eight minutes of actual play in an NFL game. I'm just saying. If, so if like if it's split possession wise, that means you're literally doing something for four minutes. Where hockey, what's the is it 15 minute periods and there's yeah. three of them. Yeah. I don't even know what got to that topic. I don't know. I I might go with hockey now. That's fine. I'm I might saying, go with hockey now. I, hey, I'm just putting it out there. Well, I mean, if we're talking I about just, a kicker versus a hockey player, sure. But like an offensive or defensive lineman, like a like wide receiver? you're constantly just pushing someone. You're like constantly, like your whole... For four minutes. Okay, hockey, There's getting, some drives that last you're like You're getting forever. trucked against the wall. Well, no, but the clock is the going... The entire game. The entire game, you're getting trucked against the wall. Not the entire no, game, but... No, of course but, not. Because so, like, no, a but, lot of the game in hockey, Hunter, you're just you're free only, skating. You're only blocking for like six seconds a play. So if a play, if a, if a drive is 10 plays, which How is a much, long drive, that's only a minute of blocking. But in football, you're hitting someone most plays. You're either blocking... I will say hitting someone, though, like if you play basketball and you're like in the paint botting someone up a lot, yeah. it's exhausting. That's oh, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So in, in football, you're either running, you're going to get hit. You're throwing, you're going to get hit. You're catching, you're going to get hit. You're trying to hit someone. Or your play is you are you are constantly just trying to stop someone from getting somewhere. But back to Silas's point, hockey players do have less teeth. So, well, because they get an actual fist fight. So... It could be more yeah. demanding on the body. I, I can't. Hey, oh. I'm just saying, hey okay. Hockey, <laughs> hockey's average life, like not lifespan in a player, but yes, but way um, younger, way younger. Average life, a life of a hockey player is like forty. Think about that. Good point, Silas. Forty. Yeah, There's I no way so. that's accurate. I mean, that's did, something. That's something. Did anyone fact of, check me on my uh, gymnastics? Yeah, yeah, tape? yeah. It was uh, twenty-one. 
was the average was the median age in the Olympics. So you're, no, no, you're no, no, graduating. No, 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 no. You got to do it. You got to do it from the top team. But here's the thing about you got to do it from the top the Olympics. Teams. He's no. not Olympics. Well, he's saying the top team is Olympics. But the thing about the thing about gymnastics. Like the, if you do it from like the medals, the medal. Oh, the thing about okay, gymnastics okay. is what do you what you do you that, do? that was just the median of everyone in the Olympics. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna have you're gonna have like 30 teams that have like 25, 30 year old women. The issue though, I think one of the issues of professional gymnastics is like. What is professional gymnastics? It's professional cheer, dude. What do you mean? No, like, like how, like, a professional they gymnast. have all those events. Like, a lot of people that are in the Olympics, if you're not, like, a Simone Biles or something like that, they work another job. Like, if you don't have enough endorsement deals and stuff. Or they work they, at, they, they work go at, and work at Dick's they work uh, train. Or they work at their gym. They're, like, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's different from, like, disc golf. You're a professional disc golfer year-round. All right, here you thing. go. Ready? Olympic women's gymnastics median age. In 20s for the first time in decades. Is that saying like an old? Yeah. That's an old team. They're old, yeah. Yeah. So like, at, but that, I'm just saying that that's not a good comparison. To disc golf is all I'm saying. What do you mean? Oh, my point was just. Oh, oh, Michael says according to an extensive study done by ESPN, uh, ice hockey ranks second behind uh, boxing. Oh, boxing. Oh, wow. that's a great one. In oh, the boxing. 60 sport sports measured. Well, boxing like kills. What Foot, is the, what is football the study? is third. What's the study? Football is third. What's the study? The, it, uh, like so they're close. Strain? They're close. The uh, difficulty. Well, that could mean anything. Yeah. Well, boxing. I will say, I got VR boxing and I went all out, undefeated, all by knockouts. <laughs> Not to pat my own back or anything. I I use muscles I've never never even thought of. I wake up the next morning almost. Wouldn't crying. like MMA be more? MMA would. Boxing, no. Here's the thing, though. Boxing, it's interesting. It's a lot harder to knock someone out, so you take a lot more physical oh, damage. Okay. Where, where in MMA, if you get hit clean by one shot, a well, lot also, of times you just get knocked out, and the, the fight aren't over. fights longer in boxing. Uh, yeah, because well, like twelve rounds. Well, yeah, the, really? the, the 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 normal MMA fight that's not a title fight is three rounds, five minutes, so fifteen minutes. Uh, a lot of boxing fights are like 10, 12 rounds, and they're like three-minute rounds. So it's like sometimes you're fighting for 30 minutes. Yeah. Title fights are five rounds, five minutes, 25 minutes in UFC. But again, like UFC, there's grappling. There's there's a lot of other things where you're not just getting hit in the head. Boxing, like you're just getting hit in the head for like 30 and minutes. And body shots. Don't discount body shots. Oh, we should do that. Who can take the, the hardest kidney no, shot? I, I refuse. <laughs> I know how Houdini right. died. Oh, we should do one of those power we do a power one i would do a power one we'll do do that i just am not getting hit all right thanks so much everyone for tuning in uh make sure you drop a like on the youtube channel if you're watching live uh if you're listening to this audio podcast uh drop us a review on apple or on spotify thanks everyone for tuning in tonight debate night six months on air we're going strong uh thank you so much for supporting the the show and we'll see you guys next week